Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, the NFL Free Agency Megapod. That is right, it is myself and Matty D talking all things NFL. Sports may be on a temporary hiatus, but that does not mean that the National Football League did not start its new year. You might have heard Tom Brady's been on the move, but there's a lot of other stuff that's happened in the first couple days We break it all down. We go through all 32 teams, the key moves, acquisitions, departures, trades, where they're sitting for the draft. It was a lot of fun to record. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Let us know in the comments of the show notes. Tweet at us at ThunderBLG. Join our Facebook group. Search The Bullpen Card Podcast on Facebook and join the group. Get a part of the discussion. Submit fan questions, all that good stuff. Make sure that you subscribe iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, search The Bullpen Cart, mash that subscribe button, leave us a nice little review, we'll give you a shout out, but enjoy the episode guys, let us know what you think, who you want your team to pick up in the comments, and here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed, an NFL free agency megapod here as we are quarantined from our homes. Otherwise, we'd be doing it from the Maddie Mansion. That's right. Joining me this <laughs> af- this evening, Daylight Savings Time made me think it's afternoon, Matt. It's Maddie D. What's up, buddy? Uh, you know what? I am... I'm my new home office, which does not look like a home office at all. You might hear a little bit of an echo due to the lack of furniture. But when it's done, you'll see the, the hole-in-one plaque. You'll you'll see the Carson, hopefully Carson Wentz portrait. I'm working on a TV, a nice mahogany, maybe oak desk, not sure. Beautiful oh, chair, full nine yards. It'll be a true home office, almost man cave situation occurring. I so I'm, I'm working real hard at being upbeat and positive, both at work, home, friends, everybody, family, when it comes to the situation we're in. Um, and I'm going to tell you something. We're going to talk about something that's been keeping me very positive. Um, and that's NFL free agency is, is is rocking and rolling. Oh, yeah. But before we jump into that, it's been a week. We did not get your thoughts on everything, which if you want to say, give your 10 cents, you can. Uh, but how are you doing with the week without sports? What have you been up to? Well... Uh, working a lot, which we expected, which I expected, obviously. Um, I got a little golf in, keeping the social distance. Pretty easy when your brothers keep putting it into the into the rough on either side of the fairway. Um, so I've been just kind of walking to the middle of the course, they've been on either end. God knows what they're doing out there. Um, cleaning, organizing, getting life together. Uh, I would say overall, so far it's only been about a week, but I'm doing pretty good. So I'll take that. That's good, man. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah. How about yourself? How's it? Uh, how's it been in the city? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, you know, working a ton as well. I work from home full time anyway, so uh, not much change right. there aside from the fact that I can't duck out and go to a coffee shop or you know the new Dock Street <laughs> is around the corner from our house. So sometimes I'll go over there in the middle, you know, later in the afternoon, bring my computer, do a little work into the evening before it's dinner time. You know, have a you know have a nice relaxing beer to kind of. Get the edge off um, as I'm working. You know, don't overindulge. Got to stay focused. But 
yeah, you know, I can't do that now. Um, but, you know, other than that, not as not as barren as I would have thought. I went to the grocery store last night after a run, and it the lines weren't terrible, although last week they were pretty bad. Uh, I will say that even before it was quarantined here. The craziest thing, though, I'm gone for runs. I didn't today because it was supposed to rain, and then I got busy with work. The last couple nights, though, I have, and it's comparatively to running at 6 o'clock at night, like you normally would when the weather starts getting nice now in March, April, you know, the lead up to Broad Street, it's usually a madhouse. There's a lot of people maybe having street, you know, dinner on the street at a restaurant or having some beers outside of a restaurant or bar and, you know, kids hanging out, playing, you know, whatever game they're playing, whether it's they're throwing a football on the street or a baseball or they're doing hopscotch with the chalk and all that stuff. There's not really a lot of that. It's, it's kind of weird. There's a lot less traffic, which is, that sounds like a completely foreign concept to the city of Philadelphia, as uh, I think your wife would know from when she drives back from work. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and like Broad Street, it's it's easy to run without a, a walk, run across it with, without the walk signal, without having to worry about a car hitting you, because there's not one to be seen. It's it's a little little creepy at times, but... You know, uh, we're, we're making yeah. our way through it. Love to hear it. That's yeah. pretty fun. It's, it's pretty interesting out there, I will say. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we're, we're getting a lot of different news out there. I mean, hopefully, you know, something – we all keep our social distancing. We all stay inside for the most part. And if you are going out to go for a walk or whatever you do, you know, keep your six feet. You know, I heard on another podcast – if you see a group of 10 or more, stay away from that. That's probably the uh, the inflection point and, and all that good stuff. Uh, I may try to go play some golf at some point this weekend, but the course I belong to is in Montgomery County, which is was uh, the epicenter, so I might have to worry about that. But I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll assess on Saturday. But, yeah. Um, I like it. We've gotten a lot of news, though. And before we jump into the NFL, I'm sure you saw this, too. The Sixers, who... They're just the next next domino to fall because they played the Pistons in their last game. The Pistons had just played the Jazz and three staff members, which might be front office people, might be players or coaches, have been diagnosed, and that's uh, that's not good. So we gotta we gotta gotta keep washing our hands, Philly. We gotta we gotta stay safe. Yeah, well, not only that. I mean, another problem is I think it's why the NBA is getting a lot of testing right now is that they, when they are playing, when they were playing, they were so close together. Mm-hmm. You know, when a post-up happens, most other sports aren't that. Um, you know, the NFL gets tight, but they got helmets on and they weren't playing, obviously. But you think about even hockey, you don't have that same kind of tightness in, in the way they play. Um, yeah, the, mo- so yeah, the, the physical play is for two seconds in front of the net or body check right. that you have. Right. You have a helmet and you may not have a, you know, a cage on like you do in high school and college, but they're yeah. not really tough. The other thing I sweat the on. The other thing I think is right. The thing I think is interesting there is that um the um what was I going to say? Oh, I lost my train of thought. Hang on. I remember. Oh, uh, there's also a chance that people that these players who are getting sick aren't showing any symptoms. They're just getting the test, right? So the one problem with the whole thing is that you don't necessarily know you have it. So there's a yeah. chance they aren't feeling anything, and they will never feel it. They're carriers, and that's what's the concern. But yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So with all these other sports being shut down, the NFL somehow miraculously, accidentally, if you will, backdoored themselves into being the entire sports world. 
Yes. Again, NFL is king. Goodell comes out looking like a superstar, if you will, because it's all anybody really can talk about. Sure, they touch on some other stuff, but it's all NFL all the time. Um, uh, pretty wild in that regard. Uh, but yeah, I. Uh, the funniest part is that I was looking just through last year at this week when NFL free agency broke open and there's the legal tampering. We did yeah. the same podcast, but we did it on Tuesday because <laughs> it was the, that's when Antonio Brown, the Antonio Brown trade got announced. And oh, yeah, there we go. so the, so the world might be in shambles right now, but the NFL still dominates the <laughs> sports world in a week that, yeah, you know, March Madness was was supposed to start today. We would have been uh, three quarters of the way through the first set of games, and the NFL is still in the forefront with so much news. And we might as well start with the top news or the the big signings, yeah, the big acquisitions. Obviously, the biggest one started and ended with Tom, or not, didn't end, but it started, and then the saga quickly got resolved of Tom Brady announcing Tuesday morning that he was going to leave the Patriots. It ended later that day with a number of different outlets. I don't know who first reported it. I saw Shefty said something. I saw Colin Cowherd, who also had been theorizing all day of where it was going. So I don't know if he was the uh, one who broke Darlington it. and other insiders. Darlington. Too, I think. Yeah. Announcing that Tom Brady was going to sign with the Bucks. He did yesterday. I mean, a lot of emotion really being thrown around. Um, you know, it seemed like it was a tough decision for him to leave the Pats. Matt, what is your immediate thought with him going to Tampa Bay? Well, first of all, technically he hasn't signed a contract. They're claiming it's due to a physical situation, trying to get or doctors, but you never know. Um, I will be upfront. I think it is a mistake from Tom from Tom from Tom Brady's standpoint. Um, I don't see the appeal of a Tampa Bay as opposed to a number of other franchises he was connected with. He has every right to make his decision. And not only that, I felt like both himself and the Patriots organization have handled his departure incredibly well. So from a PR standpoint, I think they both have done a great job. You know, Brady didn't really let it linger or speculate. He put out a statement and then he, and then it, it appears like he chose it, but he hasn't said much. Right. Um, and the Patriots have been classy the whole way through, which shows you kind of their top to bottom organization. Um, I think this is so much more risky for for Tom than it is for Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, it doesn't really matter if the Patriots stink this year. They'll say, well, they lost their franchise quarterback very late in the process. Um, if Brady struggles with Tampa Bay, all of a sudden, I feel like his legacy is tarnished far more than it would have been if had he stayed and kind of decayed with the Patriots. Um, from a pure football standpoint, I'd be interested to see why he picked Tampa. Everyone's going to talk about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I'm not disagreeing with those two players, but the offensive line is nowhere near a Patriots offensive line. The defense is one of the first in football last year. Their organization as a whole is not super solid at the bottom. I like Bruce Arians, but he's more of a deep threat. And does Brady's arm still up for a deep threat kind of kind of situation? I don't know. Um, so I'm not saying it's his worst place he could have gone, but he's leaving the cocoon 
that is that is New England and a very friendly media, a very friendly fan base, a very friendly organization to him, and one of the best coaches of all time. And he's heading to a place that has not had any sustained success for their entire existence. Now they have a Super Bowl, but it was many years ago. Um, I felt like his best choice was the Chargers if they were willing to have him, and it appears like they were. That's where I would have gone, close to L.A., which would make his wife happy. But, you know, he did what he wanted. Um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting signing that he decided to make. Uh, and you mentioned the O-line not being great. There's a lot of different offensive linemen that have been announced with different deals, whether they re-signed with the team they were at or players that went on the move. I just wonder that if you're going to sign an older guy, because basically, like you mentioned, if he's a little uh, little rough around the edges with the Buccaneers, that it's more like Peyton Manning at the very end with the with Denver rather than Peyton Manning when he first went to Denver and was setting all those records. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, they before Brady was even signed and they became the favorites when it said they were going to try to go all in and everything, a lot of people were talking about how much cap space they had. And I wonder... Why, if you're going to sign a, a new quarterback by any means, whether it's Tom Brady, whether it's Cam Newton or whomever that you're going to sign, why wouldn't you also bring in a bunch of guys to protect him when you had a lot of the struggles that you had last year? And if you want to say, well, it was Jameis Winston throwing picks and not the fact that he was getting rushed, you know, I guess that's just denying the inevitable, but... I don't know, like guys like Eric Flowers went to the Dolphins. The Dolphins also got Ted Karras for a million bu- or for four million bucks for a year. There's a bunch of other guys that are that have either that have been on the move. A- Andrew Whitworth, I feel like could have been a guy that they could have tried to go after, although the Rams just resigned him. Um, but I, I I don't know. I mean, is that something that if is it too obvious to think that way, or, or do you think it just doesn't work that way? I. I think it doesn't work that way, but again, I that is just my biggest concern with him going here is he's leaving that like offense like it's why they've won championships. It's why most teams win championships are their quarterback and then their two lines, right? Great defensive, great offensive line, and then a great quarterback. And then you saw it with the Chiefs this year. They really their strength was they, they had a very solid offensive line. You hear a lot about it, but you should have. And then you had, they had a very they had a much underrated defensive line led by Chris Jones. You know, it's why the Eagles won their Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It's why mo- it's why the Patriots have won Super Bowl every year is they have a they have a very good offense, very good, and Brady is not a quarterback, so he's not scrambling around back there. Um, again, Evans and Godwin are fantastic. They might be the best wide receiver tandem in the league. And OJ Howard, I think could could have a you know a little bit of a, of an uptick. He's not bad. No, no, no. He's got tons of talent. Cameron Brate's still out there. He's another very good tight end. They, I'm sure they're going to bring in some kind of slot receiver to help Brady. They're probably going to find another running back to pair with Ronald Jones. So there's there's plenty of skill position talent. And I don't know if that's why Brady made this choice or not. But um, ugh, I – and again, he's also going to have to throw it. He's going to have to score. If that defense – I know they bring back Shaq Barrett and, and – and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, but they have they are not a good defense in a, in a division that has Drew Brees coming back, a a probably angry and rejuvenated Falcons franchise with their offense. 
and a Carolina team that we don't really know a lot about right now, but Teddy Bridgewater has talent. We know that. So all of a sudden, there's no, there's no, this isn't the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills, although we're going to get to those teams. And I think one of those teams, aka the Bills, looks pretty great right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just something they're going to have to deal with. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So other top moves, if we want to call them that, notable signings, acquisitions. Uh, the one that we probably are very happy to have woken up to, heard the first thing in the morning at work, depending on uh, what your work from home or your work situation is for everybody around the Philadelphia area. The Eagles today acquired Darius Slay from the Lions for a couple draft picks, and the entire Eagles defensive team did not hesitate to bum-rush Twitter to welcome him and be incredibly excited. And this is after Malcolm Jenkins' team option was not picked up and he went back to the Saints. Matt, how excited should we be as Eagles fans? Well, I definitely think you should be excited. A lot of heat from people we know what this, how we have a plan. I have trusted this brain trust of Howie, Doug, and Jeffrey Lurie. They, they, they've earned that trust. Great deal. They waited. Um, everyone wants the splash. They want all the signings. They want all these players getting. But let me ask you a question: Who wins the off season every year? Uh, the Browns win the off season. The the Bucks, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins. Winning the off season with free agency signing of major note rarely wins you regular season games. So they waited. They didn't overspend during the season for Darius Slay, and now they come in and they you they lose. They basically are compensatory picks, if you will. I know it's an early, it's a third, but they're not they're not losing too much draft capital there to get a superstar. That you, oh, not a superstar, a very very good star quarterback who can play, who's a shutdown guy. And to me, they're not. I mean, you you're not going to get that kind of pick in the third round. So uh, that kind of player in the third round necessarily. So I love the deal. Um, I think it's perfect. You're paying him some money, and he's 29, but you're taking care of a major need that you had, and it'll freeze you up to take care of the other major need on the other ball in the draft coming up. Um, great move and great sticking to whatever plan that they had they didn't jump or or go after something because they felt like they had to do it they they waited and i think that's so important when it comes to cap space and team dynamic uh critical to me yeah absolutely and this comes you mentioned it with the bills but both of both them and the cardinals made huge splashes acquiring Mm -hmm. some of the biggest names and wide receivers in the nfl and in get it well we'll jump into those but you and I were texting back and forth when these trades went down, especially with the DeAndre Hopkins deal with the Cardinals and the Texans and wondering what was going on. And, and this is definitely, you know, the patience was worth the wait. Uh, definitely uh, good things came for us for waiting there. So I think even if the moves that they continue to make are these, you know, non, non you know, tidal wave causing I, I don't know. I was going to try to do some some sort of analogy of causing ripples, but if they're not blockbuster <laughs> deals, <laughs> I think I think the the Eagles are going to be in a fine spot of where they are. I think the draft is going to be heavily important, and seeing how they address a lot of the 
offense, most notably wide receivers, is probably the biggest one and the the, the sexiest draft picks they could probably try to do with the uh, where they're sitting currently in the first round. Um, but I don't know. I'm very happy with it. I think the defense, if they are as solid as they were when they made the Super Bowl run, if they're not as banged up as their secondary was last year, I think that can really, really help them there. So I'm, I'm incredibly excited. Yeah. Uh, do you want to touch on these wide receiver deals or do you want to save those for when we go division by division? We're going division, we're going division by division. We're going pretty much team by team. I, I think we, we touched there. I'm, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So why don't we just jump into that since we'll probably cover some yeah. of these other big names. We're going to go AFC, NFC. And do you want to just go – we're going to end with the NFC so we can talk a little bit more about the Eagles at the end so that yeah. everybody does not continue to uh, yeah. think that we're just – Oh, oh, so biased, and by everybody I mean Greg towards the Eagles. Yes, Greg, that was that's some shade. Um, but you want to go? Eat, you want to go west to east? You want to you want to mix it up? Yeah, no, let's do west to east. I think it's a great idea. All right, we'll start AFC West, and there were some moves wanna, that were made yeah. here. Do you want to go kind of bottom to top? I guess of the division. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, where do you want to? So where, where do you want to start with Is that? that? Or is that Raiders or Broncos? I don't know about this now. I'd probably say the Broncos because they're in a really Broncos? weird spot. They are. They yeah. Are. Um, we have known the Denver Broncos to be a consistent success team in the NFL in the last few years since Peyton has left. They have not been that, um, although we think they might have found their quarterback in Drew Locke. But uh, they're – so they, they basically – their big move was franchise tagging Justin Simmons. They're underrated and excellent safety. This guy does everything for them. He's all over the field, worthy of that tag. Um, they let Chris Harris walk, but and they replaced him with A.J. Boye, the former um, Jacksonville Jaguar. Very, very good. They used a fourth-round pick to get him. Very good corner, not as great as he once was. Pretty much, to me, it's pretty even him for, for Harris. Um they bring in Jarrell Casey from the Tennessee Titans for a seventh-round pick, former All-Pro, definitely fallen off, but a nice replacement for Derek Wolf, who's a free agent. Um, and then Graham Glasgow, a four-year, $44 million deal from the offensive guard position. Something they very much had to focus on. They've had a very poor offensive line. Um, clearly a, a bunch of kind of moves that are just showing they're rebuilding, I think. Yeah, um, I agree with that. At this point. Yeah. Yeah, and they let Joe Flacco walk less than a year after mm-hmm. after acquiring him and John Elway saying, this is our guy. Um, yeah, It's definitely just a, a spot that they're, I think, maybe trying to keep the defense somewhat strong to, to not let themselves be completely out of out of games. Yeah. But they definitely, you know, they, they have a lot of young guys at their various skill positions. And I'd be really interested in seeing what they end up doing because they could probably use a reload at the receivers' positions. Um, I think that they say inc- that, but I do think they like Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton there. Yeah, but I do think they're missing something offensively. They don't have any. What's their What's their firepower? That's what I mean. Right? Yeah, I if they bring in a big right. name to go with them, because they have Philip Lindsay and they really like him and and he's great, but. I think you need something, whether it's a flashy wide receiver or a flashy tight end name, to give Drew Locke something to really explode off of. They, like, I, I do not have the draft board in front of me, so I don't know where they're picking, but I'm sure it's. I think it's in the top ten, right? 
Um, they're high they're, up. Yes. Yeah, they're pretty high up. If they're able to get a you know a, a Judy or and now these names are blanking on me. The NFL draft will be a lot more prepared with all this, guys. Don't pre- yeah, we'll, we'll don't, don't worry about that when we do that podcast. But if they were able to get a, a guy like Judy or like a, like Washington or or one of those big names that's out there, I feel like that that might spark some excitement in the fan base and really re- I don't think reinvigorates the right word, but gets some excitement going around it. Then then uh you know you might be. A little apathetic if you're a casual Broncos fan. I'll put it that way. Well, by the way, I want to let you know we made a mistake here. Broncos mm. are 15th. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. close to the Eagles, though. And the Eagles, some some uh, some mock drafts have them getting CeeDee Lamb. So, that's, you know, it's possible the Broncos oh, snag I can see them going wide receiver. They also could go tackle, though. They, they desperately need to – they desperately need an offensive tackle. Um, but I, I think – they're looking around their division and basically saying, okay, we got Patrick Mahomes. He's a superstar. He's mm-hmm. going against it. The Chargers window may be Philip Rivers, and the Raiders still appear appear to be a mess. So let's just make some smart cap-saving signings, build around Drew Locke. I think, they're, I think they're thinking three to four years ahead as opposed to this year and next year. So I don't dislike their moves, but they're just kind of sitting back and saying, let's let the draft come to us. Let's be intelligent. I think John Elway has a plan, but again, eventually he's got to hit on a quarterback because he keeps trying and keeps coming up short. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. And do you want to go Chargers or Raiders next? We'll go, we'll, we'll go Raiders because we, we, we screwed up and missed them um, yeah. <laughs> somehow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So go they ahead. made some, I mean, on. they've made some moves. And, and like you like you said, that it's, you know they're they're in a precarious position, but they've they've gone out and got some names. They signed Eli Apple. They traded for Marcus, or the, no, they they just signed Marcus Mariota. Why did I think that was a trade? Um, and they they added some some talent on defense. I think their defense will start to solidify a little more. But the puzzling move, and we'll talk about Mariota and that whole situation in a second. But the puzzling move that they made was signing Jason Witten to a one-year deal. I think that is uh, yeah. very strange if you are I a Raiders fan. Agree. Yeah. Uh, but I also think I, I think that was very much so a leadership move as opposed to a this guy's coming in right now move. Sure. Um, so I'm not – I don't love that move, but I'm not also going to sit there and say it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the fact that they went after a position of need for them defensively, and that is at the linebacker position. Um, and the guy that I absolutely love that they signed was Corey Littleton of the Rams. This guy is a do-it-all linebacker, um, not a super high pick um, for them, but very talented. I'm sorry, not a super high pick for the Rams, but he developed into a really good linebacker. Three downs, does it all, defends well. So they identified they had a problem there, and they really went after it. Um, and they signed another guy. Uh, oh, God, his name is going to escape me. He's from, a linebacker from the Bears. who's a ton of upside as well. Definitely have liked that move too. So I think Oakland, again, same with Denver, kind of has a plan. They're thinking maybe this is the year to do that. Maybe it's not. 
Um, but I don't know if they're dying to go after it mm -hmm. right away. Um, and I'm happy. I like where they're going. I think they're smart. I think it's a smart organization. Um, so I don't hate the, uh, hate the moves they've made so far. No, not at all. And we actually do have a fan question from my buddy, Sean Tucker. He wants to know with the Mariota move, who is going to be their week one starter, man. I, I, we're not assuming injury. I think we have to have to say no injury. And if we're no injury, then I still think it's Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. I think Mariota is ready and waiting. Um, and considering diving in, I had to guess. Um, yeah, I would probably think that too. I think they. Uh, I think I, it's. Yeah. I think it's uh you know fire under his ass type of move to bring in Mariota. Right. And I think it's a smart move because honestly, Mariota is the guy that. If he give, he's given the chance again, he may really be able to kind of blow the. He's he's got all the talent in the world, and he didn't play poorly. Um, I shouldn't say that he's played poorly, but it's not like it's been consistent poor. Sure, he's and injury problems. Not I think that's right. probably the bigger concern. Yeah, the injury stuff's definitely concerning. That I would. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Again, I I've liked what I've seen from the Raiders so far this year. Um, smart signings, covering that linebacker position. That's the kind of stuff that a good organization plugs holes with guys that maybe you're not hearing a ton about. Mm -hmm. um, I think is why I always like that. I'm a big fan of keeping. You can make us like one or two things, but if you're just constantly finding concerned about um, whatever you had before that. Oh, it's Nick uh, Kwiatkowski, maybe I'm close there, but he's he's a heck of a player. Came from the Bears, lot for them, underrated. They're gonna like him, um, in my opinion. So definitely plugging those holes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he got a little nice little ticket, thirteen point five million dollars guaranteed in a contract worth twenty one million. So uh, yeah. gotta love that if you're getting close to two thirds oh, yeah. of your your contract value there. Right, right. That but leads I think, us to the Chargers, right? Yes. Who they? I think they did a good job of re-signing the guys they wanted to re-sign. And they made some other solid deals as well. I think they, you know, they obviously lose Philip Rivers. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's sadly going to become the cloud over their, over their team at the moment of, of trying to figure out who's going to be their quarterback. But I think the moves they've made so far have, you know, I, I don't think you're, you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater to throw to put it that way. If you're a, if you're a Chargers fan. No, but they're going to go with, it looks like for now they might they might draft. They're going to go with Tyrod Taylor, which I find interesting. I know he's led the Bills to, to the playoffs a few years ago. We already knew this roster that was pretty good, um, and they get Derwin James back from injury. They're adding Chris Harris, the longtime Bronco, mm -hmm. a smart savvy move. They already had a deep secondary anyway. Austin Eckler is back. Hunter Henry is back. They trade for Trey Turner, the excellent guard. So they're securing that offensive line. And I love the Brian Bulaga signing coming over from the Packers. Three-year, $30 million, Kind of on the older side, but a great tackle to keep their back upright and kind of allow this team to because honestly one of the problems is Rivers threw a bunch of picks last year and it wasn't his, his, what we expect from him he got hit 
all of a sudden, this is why I thought this was the best landing spot for Brady, because they already have weapons. They already have a pretty decent defense and a good secondary. And now they look like they're a team that's a quarterback away. Um, they make a great location for a number of draft, draft prospects as well. Wouldn't be surprised if they go there in, the, in this upcoming draft, especially from a PR standpoint with the new stadium opening in two. So very, I like what they've done in, in LA. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And, and whoever they decide to pick up, if they decided to draft somebody behind uh, Taylor, I almost called him Turner. Um, I think they're, I think yeah. they're in a really good spot. I think they could be exciting. I'm not necessarily jumping out to say they're gonna be a wild card contender, um, but yeah, they're they're gonna be fun to watch. And just a quick note on the stadium, Matt. I was in LA a month ago, and it is. Mm-hmm. It's near LAX, and it is fucking humongous to see that as you're flying <laughs> oh, in. Oh man, it is wild. Well, they're all about it. We we know that, so they're they're ready. Yeah, so the NFL is all about it. Oh, they're all about it, and they're I mean they're they're gonna have all bases of operations there. It's gonna be insane, or at least for the network. But um, let's uh, you know the the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions, they've uh. They've been a little more quiet, but they've, you know, they've just kept the, kept the ship up, you know, keeping the ship up, right? That's, that sounds terrible for the Super Bowl champions. They've just kept the course. They tagged yes. Chris Jones. They picked up the option for Damian Williams. Smart. And Very smart. Matt, I did not realize that Chad Henney was still in the NFL because he just re-signed yes. with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Did not know smart that. Play. Yeah, really smart by the Chiefs. I expect them to still probably snag a couple low-priced veterans yeah, to make that think. roster work. They are very, very intelligent waiting for the Mahomes extension. Oh, yeah. So they're going to try to do what they can to keep skills, players, which they are. And they're, they're, they're all their good players are coming back for the most part. They're very, they're, they're very good organizations we expected. Any team coached by Andy Reid, is going to be strong. Um, and I think equally as important, again, they're just trying to make sure their books are clean for his extension. You've got Tyreek Hill. you got to pay him. So they're doing the right thing by being quiet. I, again, I still expect they'll probably bring in a couple of veteran running backs. They might draft a guy. Um, they'll, they'll bring in some defensive guys, maybe the linebacker. They're going to kind of afraid to see tree shake itself out mm-hmm. and then pluck the low-hanging fruit that is veterans who for a contender um their biggest loss to me sammy watkins probably you don't know what he's doing and then demarcus robinson one of their other wide receivers who splashed a little bit last year so they have some wide receiver holes they have to fill but mahomes is the guy to make any good plus travis kelsey and tyree kill i mean they're not losing so much talent they can't recover i think it's very smart that they're just kind of being quiet for the moment yeah with uh isn't Watkins is still on a deal, isn't he? He he's one year left. He is, but he was considered retiring or, or stepping oh, away. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm on cap friendly right now, and if he does not retire, he'd be a twenty one million dollar cap hit. If he does retire, that's the 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 dead money, right? They'd have to still pay him, or uh, the, uh, the cap hit against it would be seven million, and the cap yeah, savings yeah, yeah. is fourteen. Uh, I'm trying to trying to make some some sense out of this, but yeah, if if he does retire, I mean. He he was really clicking with Patrick Mahomes the last 
last year and a half, I think the, the start of the Mahomes era was a little rockier for him. And he really found his groove, right? Because he had those times in, in Buffalo where, granted, he didn't have a Patrick Mahomes level of a quarterback, but he was, um, you know, he was still a little inconsistent in Buffalo and, and really found it, found his groove here. So you'd love to see if he, if he stays and, and decides to do something, but you know, Kansas city would still probably be in a fairly good spot if they, uh, if he, uh, you know, if he, hangs out, if he does end up retiring, yeah. especially like yeah, I'm looking at the number other yeah. numbers. I mean, Tyron Matthew is there one of their bigger hits. Frank Clark's up there too. Tyree kill. Mm-hmm. If they yep. decide to try to, extend him because it looks like he's he's mm-hmm. killing it soon or killing his contract soon but yeah they also it doesn't look like they have a ton of room to work with so maybe they're going to try to you yeah. know keep reloading through the draft and not have to mm-hmm. get too many veterans out there so it makes a little sense that way yeah really smart for them I, like i said i've really shaken out um for them and i think they've done they've just been very intelligent um that'll drift us into the nfc west Wait, really quickly before we do that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Harrison Butker, their kicker, is a higher ha- cap hit than Damian Williams. How crazy is that? That's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> but let's That's go to really the wild. NFC West. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Yeah. But that leads us to the NFC West. <laughs> and for the uh, bottom, I mean, who do you think is at the bottom of this division now? Well, I, I, we'll just go by the ranking. I okay. Think. Um, it's probably going to be a team we're not talking about first. Although, again, we don't know what this team is somewhat of an enigma, even after their moves, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. They, they well, they they stole from the Texans mm-hmm. and brought in a top five wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. They lose David Johnson, who was benched at the end of the year in a second-round pick. I was talking with our friend Logan before the, the, that happened, and I said I would easily give up a first and third for him, like without hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great signing, great get for them to help. So now you have DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabel, a guy you don't know about, Will. You got Kenyon Drake, but they got a lot of splash for Kyler Murray. No offensive line help for him, which is a huge concern. I know they might address it early in the but dang, it's a big problem that I have with them. They have to figure out a way to protect their guy because Murray is not going to be able to take pounding because of his size. So I, I definitely don't – I think it's a huge win for the for the Cardinals getting Hopkins, but now it's got you got to find capital to dump into that offensive line. No, I totally agree, and they they still got some room to work with to try to go out and maybe maybe get somebody, maybe a vet. Um, I'd love to see if they they could pick up somebody, one of the bigger offensive line names in the draft, and and kind of go that way, build a you know continue to build through the draft like they have been. I'm really interested in seeing how these names are going to end up working all together because Kenyon Drake obviously had a had a bit of a resurgence at times with. With the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins now, I think the, just the thought of Kyler Murray and Hopkins connecting is incredible. And I think Christian Kirk, like you mentioned, he already had a very solid rookie campaign. And I think that that stock just continues to rise there. I'd love to see maybe, too, if they figured out a way to bring in some sort of veteran tight end to 
to to help out there with you know the the inside passing game to maybe space out a little more, especially if their offensive line still has some holes. Not to be too punny there, but um, you do want to have somebody in to cut quick. Although we've seen what DeAndre Hopkins has been able to do for so many years with the eclectic group of quarterbacks he'd had before Deshaun Watson got to the Texans. So I don't know. I th- I think that they're in a position kind of like we thought coming into last year where, you know, they obviously had the tie week one with the lions, but they, and the line, you know, we ended up seeing what the lions were in 2019, but they, they weren't completely out of, out of a ton of games. Like we thought they might be with the, you know, with the, the team that they rolled out with really lacking on both sides of the, of the line. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I certainly think you can't, you know, fly, let's call it fly blind of not having a uh, an offensive line for for yeah. as long as you can. So you definitely need to address it, but I don't know. You got but some room remember, to work with. Remember, this is Kingsbury. If you think he's thinking this way, he's going all in with his air raid offense. Air raid offenses don't need offensive linemen. That's true. It's, it's two to three seconds ball out of your hand. Now, that's tough to do in the NFL, but you can't you can't hate his – if he – look, if you're going to – if you got to – go for it see if yep. it works um but yeah um which drags us to our third but possibly fourth team now in the division the los angeles rams who today i don't know if they shocked the nfl world but they released todd Gurley, two years removed from signing him to a 60 million dollar extension um i think shocked is the right term yeah, clearly though he they didn't know what they wanted to do with him this past year. He wasn't right, if you will. They almost didn't even use him. Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson got carries, so he now steps out. It does save them a ton of money. They also end their relationship with Clay Matthews to give them a ton of money as well. They do re-sign thirty-nine-year-old Andrew Whitworth to a three-year, thirty-million-dollar contract um, on offense. So. And they might be shopping Brandon Cooks, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, it does appear like Sean McVay, first of all, the shine has worn off really quickly oh, right yeah. after their Super Bowl appearance two years ago. Um, Jordy, I, I mean, I mean, it's been a tough offseason, I think, for the Rams. Uh, yeah, a thousand percent. And, the oh, and crazy... Dante Fowler left, too. Excuse me. Their yeah. pass rusher on the defensive side. Oh, yeah. oh, and Michael Brockers left. I'm just naming guys who aren't there anymore. Eric Weddle retired. Jeez. Yeah, their defense is really, really bare bones, and, and cutting Todd Gurley ends up costing them eleven million dollars for this year in a, in a cap hit. Where whereas he was supposed to get seventeen, so they only saved five and a half million. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to what to make of it because it was definitely a shock to see that, um, and I. I just don't know what we want to think now because McVay was the hot name 12 months ago coming off the Super Bowl, you know, one of the more boring Super Bowls, I think now, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to take a cheap shot while he's down, but I don't know. I think, I think if you're the Cardinals or the, sorry, I still have the Cardinals info in front of me. If you're the Rams front office, if you're their GM, Les Snead, you got to really make something interesting happen. You got to pull some rabbit out of your hat here to address what you have. And you mentioned it with their, with how they were able to, to piece together a decent rush attack, but you're paying Jared Goff a lot of money. You're now paying Aaron Donald 
a large percentage of your defensive salary to him. And I don't think he'd end up getting canned by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're not coming up with some way to to piece together how this team is going. Yeah, I mean, Matt, their, their defensive salary currently on the books is $62 million. And they're paying Donald's cap hit for this year is $25 million. That's insane. Wow. And he look and Aaron Donald. You know, and he deserves Aaron it. Worth oh, he he deserves it. But this is like, but this is what you hear too about like why Seattle has always been like a step short of making the Super Bowl since Russell Wilson got his big payday of like you're able to make this kind of stuff work when, you know, when players are still on their rookie deal or maybe they're you know, the the second contract they signed before they signed the big ticket. However, it works mm-hmm. and. They're quickly falling into this that so many players that deserve this money, I'm not going to throw Jared Goff in there, but he's on that that level of a salary, are starting to clog up your salary cap. And, and I don't know, you got to worry about health concerns too. you got to worry about what's what's going to happen. And maybe that was part of it with Gurley, that you got tired of trying to figure that out with him. He said, you know what, enough is enough. Let's you know cut our losses here quite literally and mm-hmm. move on. But... I don't know, man. They really, last year, had a really disappointing end of the year. And I don't know if this is trying to send a message to the team or what it is in in cutting Gurley. And they got to figure something out in the draft. Well, that's the problem. What capital do they have? They traded for Jalen Ramsey for first-round picks. That's a very good point. They traded for Brandon Cooks in first-round picks. They've made all these to move around and draft guys. And this is when your tickets do. And so, and, and by the way, they knew this. This is not, I don't, this, I do believe the Rams are a smart organization. They knew that they, this was going to if they didn't win, it, win, or, win or lose, they were going to have these problems. I think Big Bay is saying we need to take a step back. We need to make some adjustments. We may have a, it might be a step back kind of year and then reinvigorate ourselves moving forward. You know, uh, they have a lot of pieces to, to, to fill in, but they don't have the resources now to do it. But you have to take the hit to get to back to that, to get out of your cap situation and kind of reset yourself. So I'm not, I, I'm in agreement with their plan and the guys they brought in. I, uh, so I understand, but they, and Dante Fowler was the guy that they traded for, they've lost. So their tickets do. And this is the problem when you try to, you know, we always want every, our guy to go, go trade for everybody. This is what happens. You run out of cheap, cheap talent, if you will. Yeah. Um, Kind of to follow yeah. up with what you were saying, they don't pick until the fifty-second pick. Yep. So that's tough. So they've got a lot of, yeah, got a lot of work to do. Um, third team in the, sorry, second team, I guess, in the division, if you will, would appear like, although they're going to be battling first again, Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, lose a bunch of guys, bring some guys in, kind of a. Eh offseason for them which is fine greg olson they bring back jaron reed they return bruce Irvin, the pass rusher um bring in a couple tackles um they're another team that we talked about they, they've kind of already set themselves up their big loss he, they have not re-signed Jadavian Clowney, and they may not be mm-hmm. they didn't give up a ton for him but there's a guy that we know is a, a very pass rusher. so i don't think they got much worse but I don't know if they got much better. Yeah, I think Stan Pat is probably the the answer at least right now. Mm-hmm. 
I like some of the moves. I think they got a lot better up front on defense. I think their secondary really needs to be addressed, whether that's going out and trying to get somebody in free agency or just drafting a player, uh, considering that they do draft a little towards the back end of the first round. Um, and they actually have a ton of picks in the middle of the NFL draft. So, you know, a lot of value in the fourth round for the NFL. But they, um, yeah, I still, I think we might not have not heard the last of them. They're a team that does this sort of thing, and they've, they've started to, getting some vets. I mean, Greg Olson's not going to be a game-changing player, but he can still at least, you know, get out there and give Russell Wilson something to, to look at outside of his, you know, the, the wide receivers that he has and that are incredibly talented, don't get me wrong, but certainly helps, you know, helps there to have another target. Um, and, yeah, I think I'd like to see what they do to address that secondary. Well, I also think that they, once again, we know Seattle is one of the best organizations in football, mm-hmm. right top to bottom, Russell Wilson. They're saying, you know what, let's see if this situation with the 49ers was a fluke or not. Yeah. And so now the 49ers will we'll jump to them, come off the Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl visit season with a ton of talent. They have to try to resign. They are going to lose some guys, expected, right? Mm-hmm. But they bring back the major core. They make a really smart move. They trade as good of a player as he's going to first round pick for DeForest Buckner, which they the 13th pick in the draft. So now they've got two picks in the first round. They re-sign Arik uh, Armstead. They still have D. Ford and Joey Boza. So we know they're loaded. All, they're still loaded defensively, even with Buckner leaving. Um, they re-sign Jimmy Ward. Their safety. I love that they that move, signing yep. too. Yeah. Now you either add an offensive lineman or a wide receiver or somebody to play across from Richard Sherman. You have two picks in the first round to cover those. Uh, plenty of options available for you. For both the offensive line and wide receiver, cornerback maybe a little tougher. I I think that they've had a great offseason so far. Smart. It's hard to say goodbye to Buck. Great player, but they got a first rounder out of him. So I think that the Seattle Seahawks want to see if the 49ers are a fluke or not. And I think they've shown so far they're savvy enough, at least in the front office, not to make any poor decisions. No, I totally agree with you that they've been very smart throughout this entire process. Going all the way back to picking up Jimmy G, I think they've done, they've been very methodical with it. Of Jimmy G tears his ACL, they don't panic. They let the team figure itself out. They let those growing pains really smooth out all the way to run to the Super Bowl last year. And I think now they find themselves in a very interesting spot where. They have the 13th pick from trading Buckner. They get the, the 31st pick from losing in the Super Bowl. They could use that to trade down, maybe get a couple other picks, maybe a couple maybe a couple thirds or a couple fourths, a combination, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or even into the second round if there's a guy they don't love there. they got a lot of flexibility to, to work out with that. They don't get any compensary picks, it, it looks like. They might in the sixth round. I'm trying to figure that out. But, yeah, they're, they are in a spot that if they want to still try to go out and, and get some players, they can. I'd like to see them maybe strengthen their offensive line a little more to give Jimmy G a little more time. Um, and, yeah, I think you're right. Another cornerback to play next to Richard Sherman might be might be a smart play. Obviously, their front seven, we talked about it before the Super Bowl, is very solid, and I think they don't really need to do a ton to touch there, especially after, after re-signing Armstead. Yeah, I'd really yeah. love to see I what mean, this team does. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very smart so far. Um, kind of drifts us. So so you go from smart to I think we'll do the north. The north's next. Yeah, let's do the north's. I think something okay. worth mentioning too is George Kittle still on his rookie deal, and yes, if they want to figure out something of putting together, you know, there are no super teams in the NFL, but if they want to figure out a way to effectively do that, well, George Kittle's only getting paid $2 million. Do it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm with you. Yep. Now nah, I'm with you there. hundred um, percent. Tons of talent for them. Yeah. We well, yeah, let's do the North. A- we'll go North, a- North, South, South, yeah. East, East. Sure. AFC North, low team on the totem pole, Cincinnati Bank. So oh, everyone yeah. assumes. Sit, sitting on a, Sitting on Joe Burrow. Yep. So, and they're shopping Andy Dalton, which is smart to me. I think so, too. You get a mid-round. You give me a fourth or fifth. I'm taking that deal without blink to see. But I think most teams think they can get away with cut. Um, They bring A.J. Green back. I like it because if you're going to have a rookie back, you better have somebody you can trust throwing the ball. They already have Boyd and, um, oh, the guy, John Ross there. Yep. I feel like the Bengals have done nothing wrong and they're not they're not gambling they're not panicking they're just some smart signings yeah I'd really like to see kind of building off of that too of, of bringing in presumably bringing in Burrow how they figure out their how they figure out the rest of their offense because they certainly need they need to do a lot to, to get this get this ship on the right track. They need some offensive line. I'd love to see what they end up doing with a tight end. Because, like, if Greg Olson had gone there, I think that would have been very similar to, to placing the franchise tag on A.J. Green. You saw this with Delaney Walker the first couple of years of Marcus Mariota, where the guy ended up being this complete stud for Mariota because that was his best friend to throw the ball to. He was right there. The short pass, yeah. get it moving. I think that's a, a. I don't think they're going to draft a tight end. I think that'd be kind of a weird thing to do. I don't know if uh, if Uz, Uzuma is that you pronounce his last name. If he ends up being ends up having this big year, he has a couple years left in Cincinnati. So I don't think you're, you want to cut ties. Tyler Eifert's a free agent currently, so we'll see if he ends up coming back or if he ends up staying healthy for that matter. But. Um, yeah, that that's one thing there. I mean, their defense really needs to be figured out too, but that's a that's a whole different story. Yeah, they got some guys. I mean, you're just smart not to do much. Um, so you go from the Bengals, who never sign free agents, to the team that seems to always not not now, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Yep, they were the off season darlings last year. Everyone picked them to win the division. Obviously, laid out, put a lot of blame on their quarterback, but there's some other pieces there too. Um, they come out and they, to me, other than maybe two signings, I've loved their offseason. Yeah, they've actually had I, a really yeah interesting offseason. They've been very busy, as they have been the last yeah. couple of years. Which two don't you like? Say that again? I want to know which two you don't like of their signings. The two I don't like are Austin Hooper. That's one I thought. I'm not a big fan of it either. It's not that I don't like the player or the team. It's a lot I don't of money. Like the, the money yeah. for a guy who really, honestly, dominated fantasy lineups due to garbage time. 
Yeah. Again, I, I it may work out, but I would never have paid him. I think they have enough weapons elsewhere. The other signing that I don't like is Case Keenum. Yeah, I don't it, know where that's not, coming from, of giving him well, a three-year deal. I think they think he might be able to mentor. Um, and I don't know if I agree with them, him being a mentor. So personally, I, uh, I don't, I don't want Case Keenum signing. Not yet. Um, but I, I, it's not the worst, but it's a three year deal. So it seems like they feel like if he doesn't win, like if, if Baker doesn't win, they're going to go to Keenum really. I don't know. Maybe they've talked with Case. Maybe he doesn't feel like he wants to be a starter anymore and he's perfectly playing backup and, and mentor. Then that's a better decision for me, but I haven't heard. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's, I yeah. think it's terrible to try to give a, a guy you took with the overall num- number one overall pick a couple years ago, seemingly right. giving him a short leash. I mean, if you want to talk about it in a sense of like what the Nationals did in the in their World Series run to use that sort of thing because you don't want to you don't want to like signing Case Keenum it's not like going out and getting you know a, a stud middle reliever it's more of bringing Patrick Corbin yeah. in the third inning <laughs> uh, you know right. I I don't think that's um, the best it's a weird a weird analogy but I, like I don't think that's the right thing to do to to Baker Mayfield I think he he took a lot of the brunt I think that there was a lot too of he was all over the place on television. He had all those progressive commercials. He had a lot of stuff that was going on. And, you know, I think you got to look, too, that you have a number of different guys who are on fairly large deals. And, and for the other part of it, of where they're at as a team, and, and they still have a lot of room to work with in the offseason, but they're, they're, they have $12.5 million in dead cap space right now, which is higher than every salary on their books, including Miles Garrett, than four players, Sheldon Richardson, Odell right. Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and Olivier Ver- Vernon are all getting paid more than twelve and a half million dollars. So I mean, this is, at yeah. some point the the carousel of front office people that you've been sending in that have been making all these crazy moves, you know, you gotta gotta kind of peel back the onion and take a look at all right, maybe some of the weird accounting we were doing can take a bit of a hit here. Now that's not to say that the personnel moves that they've made haven't necessarily you know, put them in a position to to succeed. I don't know if that's guys having some sort of feud or if it's coaching or what it is. Um, this is last year. I think this year they're they're in a spot where their defense is going to be continue continue to be very solid. I think it's just mm-hmm. a question of of offensively, and that brings us to our good friend Ben Dum's question of will they finally compete as the, of their? I'm going to get the actual question up, but well. What they look like on yeah. paper, will that finally be competitive? Well, a couple, a couple of things I want to add. I mean, we, we know offense. We, there are some really good parts in the defense. You've got Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams in the yep. outside. Love Denzel Ward. Carl Joseph, who has been injured in the lineup, he's safety. Kevin Johnson just agreed to one-year deal. Very good out of the Texans. Yes. first-round pick. But the, the guys that I think, the Jet, the Jack the offensive tackle for the Texans is so oh, smart by that. Kareem Hunt is back season with him and Nick Chubb, one of the best duos of all. And they bring in a trade back. Andy uh, Janovich from 
Broncos. And the mm-hmm. fullback position is one that I plan on fighting the season. How important I believe that position now is becoming in football without anybody talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I like those signings. I find those to be telling. The problem is the Ravens appear to be just as good and you'd assume the Steelers will take a step turn of Big Ben, although that's up in the air, and they've got a better defense. Mm-hmm. So, but I do think they can contend this year if they can learn how to play through Nick Chubb and let Baker needs to be get the ball to the guys that make the plays and make your money for you. Um, but they're, I, I truly think they're just Baker Mayfield's head on. That's how far away they are from competing. Yeah, I totally agree with it. And just to give Ben the proper credit, his question was, are the Browns going to live up to their on-paper expectations offensively this year? Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it depends on what Baker we get out of it. I think if we... I don't know, because it comes to a place where with... We have, you know, us as fandom of of the Sixers with Joel Embiid and the cocky attitude he brought and kind of where he's been this year of trying trying to temper that... I don't want to say like, oh, Baker needs to be this, you know, consummate professional because if that's what makes you you, and that's what certainly did it in his Heisman run with Oklahoma, you know, where he's given the the chop motion towards his crotch, towards the Kansas fans and all that sort of stuff. But then again, how does he do it? So I think it's it's gonna be very interesting to see in, in another year with Odell Beckham, who had kind of a weird year. I think a lot of people forgot that that he wasn't getting totally utilized. If he's but but he was also hurt, so hopefully that's true. He's that's help. true. So we'll see. I think I want to be optimistic for it. I think you're a thousand percent right that the Ravens are there. But let's talk about the Steelers and see where they're at right now. Yeah, another team that I think they're never a really big free agency team anyway. Yeah, they basically have done little. They re-signed Bud Dupree. They're excellent outside pass rusher. He'll continue to help that very very rated getting better defense players all over the field. Um, they lose their boy Javon Hargrave to the Birds. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Grave digger. Um, and they signed Derek Watt back. So I... They now have two Watts. Yeah, I know. So um, I think my biggest concern with them is the line that's getting older and they has to keep Big Ben upright, an offensive skill group that, to me, has taken some steps back. But not... A, a, the steel curtain appears to be re-emerging defensively for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, Matt, I got to ask you, who could they throw out there to Bill O'Brien to get J.J. Watt? Could they just say, hey, we really want to complete the <laughs> Watt collection and that's good enough? Probably, probably less than you think Yeah, with J.J. Watt's contract agent. Um, yeah. Honestly... You could probably offer Bill O'Brien Pirates organization probably trade to JJ. <laughs> oh. So, um, yeah, I know it'd be pretty wild. But watch out for the Steelers team. Defense is going to be much better. The question is, can their offense with Big Ben returning, James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, can they find some magic again um, after a really poor year, I'll bet without their franchise quarterback last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um, I think this is a team that's kind of level where they are. We'll see. Yeah, it definitely um, it's definitely a very interesting question because they're in a position where their offensive line is still pretty solid. Uh, they're, they have both Connor. They still have uh, a number of different guys, too, that can that can 
play outside of Juju. I mean, they have Vance McDonald who had kind of an up and down year last year. They have they have a number of guys who could uh you know go out there and surprise you. They may not put up the the mega fantasy numbers, but they'll figure it out. But I think you're right. Defensively, they're looking solid. Uh, it'll be very interesting the first Steelers Ravens game to see how that goes, especially if the Steelers come out hot. Um, but you know the birds do go to Pittsburgh, so uh, you know they got they got to fend off the Wentz wagon. <laughs> they also go to Cleveland, and I think that's a trip we've already talked about. But I'm just putting it back out there, Matt. Let's uh, circle whenever we'll Eagles Browns is on the schedule. <laughs> we got Baltimore. Right? Disappointing exit of the playoffs. Many reasons why. Come back with the MVP, though. Offensively, they lose the all-pro possible. Who's the offensive lineman? Lordy, help me here. Retired. Oh. He's been so good for them. Uh, His name will come to me. But, you know, you have a a great organization. who who comes out and they realize the team need to shed a player who, quite frankly, to me, shouldn't be shed. And that's Calais Campbell from Jacksonville. Fifth round pick. He is a superstar defensive lineman. He does a lot of different things for them. They also bring in Michael Brockers. They lose their nose tackle Pierce, but they bring Brockers well to really fortify that defensive line. Yeah. That's going to be a strength for them. They do franchise tag Matt J- their excellent edge rusher might be traded. We're going to see there. But so far, they've kind of kept the band together. Nice pieces, not only on the field, but also in the line. So I like what they the Ravens have done in their situation. Yeah, absolutely. And two things. One, it was Marshall Yonda, who's who retired. Oh, Yonda's so good. Yeah, he was very yeah, good. Very 13 good. years as a, as a Raven, eight Pro Bowls. Um, and now you mentioned it with uh, Matt Sakura, their center. He was a restricted free agent, and they play, they placed a original round tender. And some of these other guys, these other restricted free agents, they're second round tenders. Do you mind explaining to myself and those at home of what the, the difference is with these tenders for uh, you know, yeah, different so, restricted free so agents? basically, yeah. And the other one that was pretty interesting was Taysom Hill getting the tender for him. Um, and essentially it means that if somebody would like to sign him, they're going to have to give up. Uh, a pick essentially to get him interesting Um, and it it makes sense in a lot of ways so you're basically trying to cover now let's say let's say somebody Taysom Hill but it's a little bit easier quarterback to understand so if you put a tender on Taysom Hill somebody else signs him okay or tries to sign him two options you can match the deal or you will receive that selection. Uh, at you, so like if, if somebody tried to sign Taysom Hill, the, the Saints can either match it or get that pick that they tendered later. Interesting. Um, so it's the so reverse the of... It is, go ahead. It's the reverse of a, a restricted free agent in other sports. Like in hockey, if you send a tender offer to a player, the team that wants to retain him has to match that deal or better. Well, they, they still have to match the right if they want to keep him. Yeah. But if they don't, they get something back. Mm-hmm. Um, some yeah, you don't necessarily lose it on all. So if the Eagles wanted Taysom Hill pick, but the other guys would get it, um, it's basically a way to keep people in house. It's smart. 
Um, and it allows teams who the NFL is not really like a city driven league, kind of like the sure. NBA is teams to kind of continue to replace their, their, their talent on a more consistent basis to sure. help teams that are getting maybe in cap situations where they try to hang. Um, so it's definitely a smart move. And most, most teams, smart teams do it. Um, pretty much everybody does it, I think, but only for restricted free agents. So, he could the Patriots can't do it for Tom Brady. They'll get a compensatory pick, but they can't do it for Tom Brady. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you for explaining that because I did not realize mm-hmm. that's how RFAs worked in the NFL. But yeah, I do agree with you that the the Ravens have made a lot of great moves. Um, I don't. What do you think is a bigger a bigger issue for them to try to figure out their linebacking core, or maybe figuring out. Another piece of the offensive puzzle, their line maybe. What what do you think is their their number one thing to focus on at the moment? Yeah, I, I think replacing it's gonna be hard, you can't do it, but replacing Marshall Yonda is gonna be so because this team is built around the offensive running game, um, and keeping um you know, yeah. So I I definitely think that's gonna be their hardest thing. And there's no way they can they can draft a guy, but Yonda is probably a Hall of Famer. Yeah. That's a huge piece that's going to be lost for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let's keep it moving. We'll go to the yeah. NFC North. And we'll mm-hmm. start with the Detroit Lions, who we mentioned traded Darius Slay to the Eagles earlier today. But that is not the only move they've been making. What, did you say the Detroit Lions or the Patriots? Honestly, bringing the entire Patriots to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it is a map for team, and their defense has stunk. So they bring in Jamie Collins, bring in Herman, they bring in Danny Shelton, um, just bringing in Pats. Oh, yeah. Um, they brought in Vitae. They did. Interesting deal. Probably an opt-out there. Five-year million. Although Vitae, as when he comes in as a starter, not a mid-game replacement, has been very good. And it's a small, it might work for them uh, bringing him in. They also signed Desmond Trufant to a two-year, $21 million deal. Falcons let him go for cap reasons. So I like what they're doing. They're basically betting on themselves. That's the way I've seen it. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, they still could use some help on the defensive line. They want some guys there. They, they don't have a true superstar pass rusher. And they've been linked pretty strongly to Jeff out of Ohio State, the FC corner but now they might change their tune and try to go after some kind of a pass rusher in the draft because that's really where they need to focus on in my yeah i agree with you i think uh there's definitely a lot of holes to fill in terms of a number of different cores with uh you mentioned their defensive line i think they're i think if you meant Vita is going to be pretty good for them, I think, as a full-time starter. You mentioned that. Very solid on the Super Bowl team, and the only reason why you might have had spottier stats is you mentioned a mid-game replacement throughout this past season with various injuries in the Eagles' offensive line. I'd like to see him make a few more moves there, maybe figure out something. I don't know. Do you think that they need another weapon for Matthew Stafford, or, or do you think he's okay with what he's got right now? Well, they, Danny Amendola is a free agent. They can decide to bring him back. No, 
Carry on Johnson's there. They've got TJ TJ Hawkinson year two. Um, you got Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Stafford should be healthy. Um, I think that nucleus is pretty strong, and you don't necessarily want to dump a lot more money when the defense has been as bad as it is. That's a good point, Would you rather go to the secondary? But, I mean, it's it's good. You're getting to the point now where Patricia needs to have some success. I don't know if it necessarily needs to be a playoff run, but it's got to show a little bit of – and, uh, I mean, that kind of leaves with the next team in the division, the, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, you know, um, losing some guys, gaining some guys. Good bounce back here for them. Love what their defense did. And they add a couple – they add another piece there in Christian Kirksey coming over from the Browns. Um, mm-hmm. Guy can play. He's definitely a playmaker. Like him. Place uh, – who'd they lose there? Was it Blake Martinez, I believe? Yeah. Who's been leading the league in tackles like every year. So they'll be happy to have him coming into the fold. They lose Jimmy Graham. They add Mercedes Lewis. I think it's kind of a wash. Both are over the hill now. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't, um, I don't think losing Jimmy Graham is, isn't the same as it was a couple years ago. Mm-mm, mm-mm. They definitely still have wide receiver needs. Got to find more targets for him. Yes. Devontae Adams cannot be the only guy. And I like Aaron Jones. They've got to go get somebody, whether it's in the draft or – a couple guys that I like, throw out a name. Emmanuel Sanders makes a lot of sense. They Ooh. like him. He's, yep. Um, so maybe that's the direction they go. Maybe they go with the young guy. Demarcus Robinson's got some speed. Um, they could bring in like a Danny Emmons. Still has the talent. So they definitely have a couple positions to fill um, offensively. Defensively, they look really good. They're deep all over the map. I love what they're bringing defensively. Now they've got to fix the issues around Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think you need to find some other weapons outside of Jones and Adams to get this offense moving. I think that's what you saw a lot last year. Obviously, Adams yeah. is a little banged up at parts of the season, but if you're mm-hmm. not getting everything going outside of outside of them, it's tough to really advance the ball and and. Jones had a pretty right. solid year, but I, I think you really need to figure out if you want to go second wide receiver or second or third wide receiver, I should say. Uh, if you want to get a if you want to get a younger tight end to maybe go multi tight end set, um, I don't I don't know where it is where where you want to specifically aim or even just continue to build on your offensive line and give Aaron Rodgers a little more protection because you know he yeah. was he got banged up a little bit, not as bad as two years ago, but. Um, Last year wasn't the greatest in terms of uh, safety for him. Um, so, yeah, I think they, they got some 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 work to do, but you got to feel happy with it where they are as a defense because where the Lions are certainly helps them what the Vikings may or may not be able to do now, which we'll talk about in, a, in probably a few minutes, and, and what where the Bears are. I think uh, that certainly is going to keep you in the conversation for making a run at the division title. Yeah, we kind of glanced over the Bears. My bad. They're actually pretty consistently today. Yeah. Um, Bears lose some guys, and they bring some guys in. Um, Jimmy Graham, who I think is kind of a wash signing. He really is not the same player he was since the Saints. This is his third team since then. Robert Quinn, who I think they overpaid. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But Khalil Max on the other side, so that should help out. 
They've already brought back Eddie Jackson, their excellent safety. That's a smart signing way back at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. Kenny Trevathan returns, their speedster linebacker. But, Jordy, what's the big move that they've made? Got big dick Nick, baby. <laughs> so they're bringing in Nick Foles. Fourth-round pick. And you're not just giving up a fourth-round pick for nothing, which means they think he's going to either compete or win the job over Mitch Trubisky, which is a huge deal. Um, I thought Foles kind of got the short end of the stick in Jacksonville. I'm going to be honest with you. He basically I think so, too. One. He came back to a team that was already out of it. Um, I love Nick, and I, although I'm not sold on him as a starter, a superstar starter. Um, I, I don't know if the Bears have better weapons. I like David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, Trey Burton, Allen Robinson. Their defense is very, very good. Playing a very good division with players, a lot of good quarterbacks. Uh, you're now creating a turmoil situation in the locker room. Basically saying, looking at Mitch and saying, hey, you know, who's the Super Bowl champion, has had success before, um, and we didn't just sign him, we traded for him. I don't know how it's going to go. In a vacuum, I like the trade. But looking at the big picture, I'm not sold on it as a good idea. Um, I've seen if they, you know, I don't know. It's just going to be tough. Um in my opinion, with this this one. So we'll see. Yeah, it's definitely something that's going to be very, very interesting. And, um, yeah, I think he reunites with Trey Burton, the passer to Nick Foles' <laughs> Philly special catch. Um, and it, it, regardless if it's – what was that? I said I could get behind that analogy. Yeah. I, I love mean, that analogy. But uh, you know, to get off the you know the the Philly Schneid, if you will. Um, but you yeah. know, regardless of who the quarterback is, I think they're both very similar. Nick Nick and Mitch Trubisky, um, and having some mobility, a decent arm, being able to find guys that uh, you know are are better suited as you know shiftier players. They're not going to be these throwing the mega deep balls, although there, there were some bombs that Nick Foles threw in the Super Bowl run for the Eagles, and you know he never really got that opportunity in Jacksonville, like you said. Um, if it's something to, to light the fire under a guy who the Bears traded up from third to second and really get him going there and have Nick come in as the, as the reliever if there is some sort of injury issue. I mean, remember last year Mitch Trubisky did miss some time with that, so... I don't know if that's where you're trying to cover your ass. Um, they only gave up what a fourth rounder for him, for Mitch or for uh, for uh, for Nick. Yeah, fourth rounder, right? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, you know, not that not that the great, you know, not that your fourth rounders aren't the greatest thing ever because there's certainly a lot of good ones that have come out of the fourth round in the NFL, regardless of what position you're at. What do you got to think too of? While you're paying Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles a combined number of close to $25 million. Yeah, it's just under <laughs> there. Um, you got to think that a lot of your other skill positions, Tariq Cohen, Anthony Miller, you know, they're, they're still on rookie deals. They're still under $3 million on your cap hit. So if you want to go out and get some guys who can help you out, you still got a little space to do that. I don't know if you're trying to save for the draft or where you want to go from there. I would say 
on that note of Mitch Trubisky missing time, you probably want to figure something out with your offensive line. And I don't know if that's going to the draft, wanting to pick up a pick up a tackle. They've done very good with that in the past and getting Kyle Long way back in the day. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see how the Bears continue to move forward. And, you know, they do not have their first round pick. That's still a part of the Khalil Mack trade to the Raiders. It's going to be incredibly interesting to see what they end up doing because they could make some moves to either move up. They have two second rounders to try to do that to, you know, whatever team you want to. I was about to throw out the 49ers, you know, to kind of circle back to that conversation we had before. But if they also want to trade one of those back because they're so close together at 43rd and 50th, they can do that too. So I think that this is not the last that we've heard of the Bears trying to make either a free agency signing or a trade because I think they're a team that's not afraid to do that at any point in the offseason. And, you know, they, they certainly could continue to do that at this point. Right. Yeah. But they got an uphill battle in my. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. I think uh, might be spinning in a circle. I think they're now the expectations are properly rated for the bears. I think last year there was very high after the run they made two years ago where they fall short in the double doink. And you know, Mitch Trubisky was looking like he was starting to really come up. I don't know if the, all the talk, I mean, I I know the players say they don't really read the comments or hear, you know, the articles or the beat writers or whatever, but with Mahomes really going off for two years, and everybody kind of giving the Bears a lot of shit for making that trade up. I don't know if that affected Mitch. I don't know if that that it wasn't healthy for him. As much as I love Nick and what he brought to the city, I would love to see a bounce back year from Trubisky. Yeah. Um, leads us to the Vikings. Vikings have... They, they, they extend Kirk Cousins. They're going to go for it. They make a, a trade that I think both teams want in with moving Stephon Diggs. We'll see how they can recover there, mm-hmm. um, but they've got some players to do that with. Their defense gets somewhat shredded. They lose Linville Joseph. Yeah. Everson Griffin is a free agent. They lose all three of their quarters. Rhodes, um, Alexander, and Hughes are all gone. Um, they've got to re- completely reload at the cornerback position. They do bring in Michael Pierce, the defensive line, a tackle, nose tackle for the White uh, Ravens, who is very good. They also keep Anthony Harris uh, to go along with Harrison Smith, the safety position. Another team, though, that has some cap problems. Uh, that's why you see some of these guys, you know, kind of disappear. Um, I think they do need to add now wide receiver position. It can't just be Adam Thielen. Um, another team where I think they're all these picks to me, all these moves kind of neutral themselves, kind of come out even for me. It's Kirk Cousins. So we'll see what he can do. They've got an interesting draft choice coming up, but they need help at cornerback, I think, is their biggest, most obvious need. Or pass rush. You get one of the two, things are better off. Yeah, I would absolutely agree that they, they need to figure out something in that regard. I'd love to see a pass rush there, just of where where the rest of this league is, or the rest of this division is and just being so weak up the middle in terms of offensive line. I think that'll do a lot for you. Uh, we were just talking about it with some of these teams of, a lot of question marks surrounding the Bears receivers, what the what the Vikings eventually do, and if Matthew Stafford and that nucleus have an, have an incredible year, maybe that goes to burn you. Um, but yeah, you mentioned with the cap hits, l- letting some of these players go, or or even just trading Stephon Diggs, um, it looks like they're, are they eating a lot of the money on the Diggs deal, on his contract? 
I, I hadn't been able to figure that out yet. Yeah, because um, over the cap has it that they're eating nine million dollars of his contract in dead in dead cap money. Because that's uh, that's wow. an interesting ripple to that trade that I did not see previously. But yeah, I don't know if that's something you take. A, they got a lot of that. They got a lot of assets for it. Yeah, so they did get a lot for it. Year, it's kind of a year trade off. I don't hate that. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Because yeah, you just pay it for. I would assume a year, and just to to throw in the terms of it, it's they threw it. They threw a 2027th round pick to the Bills in exchange for the Bills' first rounder, fifth rounder, sixth rounder, and then a 2021 fourth round pick. So they have an opportunity really to rebuild out of it, out of trading away a guy who is a perennial Pro Bowler. This is more like what we would have thought you'd see for DeAndre Hopkins, but you know the the, the Cardinals came out like like complete thieves in that regard. But to give the to give an idea, the Vikings they get these two picks in the first round that are very close to one another. That you have to pay two million dollars a year to the to these guys that you know you might be able to get a wide receiver. We're throwing it out there. They're drafting right around the Eagles. Maybe one of these great wide receivers in a deep wide receiver class. You saw it actually in the draft class that Mitch and Patrick Mahomes were taken that it seemed like these wide, these quarterbacks in that year were getting drafted way too high, but it's almost like playing hearts or a domino effect of once the first one goes, you're going to start to see things go like it is, you know, a pandemic and you need to go out and get some toilet paper or, you know, whatever the, whatever the analogy happens to be. I was trying to be topical. Um, but they could you try to use that to package to trade up if there's somebody they really want to try to get. Or they just go conservative, keep what they got, get maybe a, maybe a pass rusher, maybe a safety, maybe something to, to figure it out there. And, I, you know, I think where they're at is certainly not dire straits by any stretch of the imagination. But there is there is a, a lot left to the picture before we're starting to think that, that the Cousins-Thielen- Dalvin Cook train is uh, taking you deep into a playoff run, unless Cousins really goes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, leads us to the AFC South. Um, I think I'll jump right to the team that appears to have no idea what they're doing and needs to fire their head coach slash GM. He's the same person. Houston Texans. Yes. Um, we already touched on the DeAndre Hopkins deal, which makes little sense to us. Um, as they appear to just dismantle any core that's been around Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they bring Cobb, both seem very much so past their primes at this point. Yes. Very confused on those two. Um, and beyond that, I mean, they bring in Brad, they, they re-sign Bradley, nice contract. They cut ties with Jonathan, Jonathan Joseph. I, I would say overall, definitely confused. Yeah, I would a thousand percent agree with that, and I don't know if it's because he's a disciple of Bill Belichick, but outside of Belichick, there aren't really a ton of opportunities that we've seen these head coaches get player personnel control that have really worked out. And I know you are the the ultimate Chip Kelly apologist, and and what that ended up turning into for the Eagles, but at the time it did cost him his job, and I don't know that if Bill O'Brien has some master plan, he needs to show what he's got in terms of a hand. Because like you mentioned, it does not seem like he really knows what he's doing. A number of the players that he's acquired in the last year and a half 
are huge cap hits, all higher than Deshaun Watson, which if they're not careful, they're not going to be probably able to re-sign him for a decent amount of money. Now, they do have a ton of cap space currently, but I don't think that that's going to make any free agent want to come down to Houston and play for this team that, while you have this game-breaking quarterback, I don't know if you if just being able to sell, hey, you're going to be our top guy now that DeAndre Hopkins is gone is enough to, to try to attract a, a wide receiver there unless you draft somebody. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Randall Cobb deal, kind of circling back on that, Matt, that's also a lot of money to a guy who you mentioned is over yeah. the hump. Um, they're paying really hasn't their, been good even when, even when he left Green Bay. Yeah, he was not good on the Cowboys. It was a very, that was a head-scratching move there that we were happy to see as Eagles fans. Um, they're paying their kicker $9 million guaranteed, granted over four years, but that's a little bit of a question mark. Granted, Fairburn has been, Fairbairn, excuse me, has been very solid for them. A, a, a good fantasy kicker, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, start listing it off of what, what's skill group they need to figure out as well as their entire line outside of JJ Watt. Um, you really need to, need to think that somebody needs to take the keys back from Bill O'Brien on player personnel. Yeah. They've definitely taken a back back seat. I don't know if they've fallen as low as the next team on the list, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. They are uh... continued, right. Uh, they continue to go from the AFC Championship visit. They've, their defense has been ripped to shreds from what it was. Um, and their offense continues to kind of be stuck in the sand. They've got to figure out a direction. Um, they lose Calais Campbell. Really, they're, you know, they have, they're, they're probably their best defender. Yannick uh, Ngagwe doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoping the Eagles find a way to snag him for a decent price. And we find with that, he's an all-pro, very, very good, great, great pass rusher. Um, I'm not sure they have a direction at the moment. I don't know if Gardner Minshew is the answer. Darquez Denard doesn't do much for me. Joe Sherbert is a very good linebacker coming over from the Browns. But again, I don't know what he's bringing to the table. Um, overall, it's somewhat of a rudderless team at the moment. They need to find their identity and what they want to be. Yeah, um, I guess I'm interested to see where they go because they have needs all over this roster to me. Yeah, I think what gives you hope if you're a Jags fan is that you have a lot of capital to work with, both in terms of draft picks, of which they have 12, Mm -hmm. including two first-round picks. uh, And they got a decent amount of cap room, $16 million. That's something to work with. Um, you mentioned Nagoka. I'm fucking up his name, but he does not want to be there. So you might be able to to send him out and find some sort of trade for it. Uh, it looks like that they wouldn't get hit with any dead cap space if they cut him too, which would be kind of crazy because you're still paying him $17 million. Um, or you, you wouldn't be, excuse me. But kind of crazy to try to do something like that when he is a player that you might be able to get a good a good return for um but yeah i think that where they're at they need to to see if they if the big names on their roster can stay healthy i'm looking at you leonard Fournette. they need to see if they can get a receiving core to show is it Minshew or is it the weapons that we've had around him with guys who've underperformed from the last couple years 
Uh, and granted, some of that also comes back to Leonard Fournette being banged up since his rookie year. But their defense, you mentioned it. I mean, I think you could target every single part of the defense. You could you could spend 11 of the 12 draft picks on the best player on the board if you know they line up that way, which I don't think that necessarily is a great analogy because that they have the 244th pick as their last pick. Um, oh, no, that's the Browns. Excuse me. Uh, they have the 223rd pick with one of their 12. So then you're not getting the best defensive left tackle out there. But, you know, if they spend a lot to, to reinvest on their defense, will they, I mean, will they compete? I don't think so, especially with what some of these, what the Colts brought in with Phillip Rivers, with where, I mean, even the, the Texans, I think, we just spent a little bit talking about how they have a, they're this rudderless team. I mean, the Jaguars, you mentioned it too, are right there. And I, I wouldn't count out the, the the that game of being now the new toilet bowl between that used to be between the Jags and the Titans. But I wouldn't count out the Texans looking like super, looking like the team that went eleven and five two years ago against the Jaguars because they're right, the Texans have they also have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you know, they, yeah, that's a good point. That. <laughs> that's why you you yeah you mentioned the Colts team with a lot of room to maneuver. Not a ton of major free agents coming up. Loved what they've done so far. Addressed a major need in the defensive line with Forrest Buckner. I think that's a very smart pick. I know they give up their first round pick, but quite frankly, probably not finding that caliber player. Guaranteed, no, even I don't think so. Um, you re-sign Anthony Costanza to really help out the line. And then to me, you kind of make a really nice non-committal pick. Um in terms of Philip Rivers, one year, $25 million. He's expressed interest in staying longer, but they're going to see what they have. Why not bring him in? You know he's good enough to do stuff. They didn't bring back Eric Ebron yet. Wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, they could use some more help outside of T.Y. Hilton's side, but the core of this team is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what I'm seeing from the Colts. Smart moves. Um is it good enough to win the division? I don't know, but I think they're also taking a good gamble because, quite frankly, with the Texans' losses and with the Titans team that's coming off their surprising run, how are they for real? Colts are primed to win this division uh, again, or to have the opportunity to win this division, excuse me, this year, um, with all the other moves not made in the division. No, I totally agree with you with that. They they were in a spot last year but where before Andrew Luck retired, we were thinking – this team, where is this team? How high is the ceiling for this team? So, yeah, you add DeForest Buckner, who you mentioned it. You traded the thirteenth pick for it. You're not finding DeForest Buckner with that pick, and I, you know, it's great that you get this guy to bolster your defense that was already pretty solid last year. They, the Colts, were this close to making the playoffs. If, for those that don't remember, um, they went seven and nine, but that's with with you know, kind of a weird year offensively. They had the opportunity towards the end of the season to take care of business. If I remember correctly, I think they played the Titans twice in the last three weeks and the Titans beating them in week 15 kind of sent them down the the rabbit hole to, to end up falling short. They lose week 17, which I think also might've gotten them close to making the playoffs. Um, But maybe at that point it was already sealed. But anyway, um, they're in a position that I, I think you're right. They're they're primed to make some sort of run. They beat a lot of really good teams that I think you know you can't discount that, especially in in the NFL where 
if you're a team that plays up to competition, that bodes a lot better in the long run than a team that plays down. You know, see the Dallas Cowboys, see at times last year the Eagles, see the Bills, and and how much that showed showed what uh they were able to do when it came time to the pl- to the playoffs. And same with the Patriots. Frankly, they did not beat a lot. They beat some good teams, but they didn't beat all the best teams. And then they played down to the to the Dolphins, and it knocked them out of getting a first round bye, and they end up losing to the Titans. So, you know, there, you know, if the Colts continue to play that way, Philip Rivers doing Philip Rivers sort of things. If you remember that commercial with LL Cool J, um, yeah, I think Ty Hilton could have maybe one of the better wide receiver years in in Colts franchise history, and that's saying a lot considering what Peyton Manning used to throw up to his different receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The team that won the division, Tennessee Titans. Um, no, they, they, uh, the Texans won the division. I'm sorry, the, te- I'm sorry, the team that made the Cinderella run, excuse me, at the wild card position, the Tennessee Titans. Well coached. I don't know if they made the right decision with Ryan Tannehill. It's a lot of money. The guy was basically, sh- they, they had it, they, the Dolphins traded him, they basically gave him. They, they paid for him to leave. Um, four years, $118 million. Eric Henry coming back, totally understand. Um, well, yeah, you, had to, ta- you yeah. had to tag Derrick yeah. Henry. Right. But they – and they got some good skill position guys there. But Delaney Walker leaves. Jack Conklin's now no longer side. That's a big deal for pass blocking and for running the football. Defensively, they lose a couple guys. They bring in Vic Beasley. I think success there. I think they can get the most out of him. But Logan Ryan is walking away. Um, the corner, a lot of people leaving. I don't believe, I'm not sure that what the team could do because they couldn't shake the tree. They weren't resigning Mariota. They really didn't have a choice with Tannehill, especially with Brady not wanting to go. I know this is a well-built team and I expect them to be fine, but I don't know if, I, I don't like necessarily the way they're trending. Um, putting all your eggs in the Derrick Henry basket. As good as he was last year, it was the first year he has had success, and it's not his first year in this league. Oh, sure. Um, so they they definitely, to me, I I don't know if they've done enough for me to feel like they've they've even held water because again they barely made it to nine and seven. They were really no, they wouldn't go twelve and four last year. They barely made it in the playoffs. So I don't know how much they've done. Um, I don't know if they're better. I think they had to make a hard choice. They made the only choice they could make, but I don't like the wrong. Signing. Um, I don't know, but again, I don't know where else they go. You have to bring the guy back when he has success, but it's very Joe Flacco-y to me. Yeah, that's that's a fair as- assessment of it, especially comparatively to the amount of money he got paid. Uh, and to correct myself, the Titans played the, the Texans the last two weeks, twice in the last three weeks of the season. Their loss in Week 15 propelled the Texans to the to the the AFC South title, and then they ended up beating the Texans in Week 17. Um, the Colts, I think they must've played the Jags or something, but, um, going back to the Titans, they let a lot of pieces walk away. They, I don't know if we're slow on the draw to try to get other, to try to get other players to come replace them or what it was. They're in a very precarious position that they do not have a first round pick. They have a lot of picks in the middle of the draft. They have a 
decent amount of cap space left over, even after giving Tannehill $17.5 million guaranteed this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, giving t- you had, I think, comparatively to, to if you tried to franchise tag Tannehill and then sign Derrick Henry to a big deal, I feel like you would have been paying a lot more money to keep Derrick Henry long term. And we've seen with these kind of, with these running backs, and you hit the nail on the head of saying that this is the first year after, what, it was his fourth year in the league that he finally had a breakout season. I mean, how many more years are you going to have of that with a, with a running back in the NFL? Um, I think what's going to be really interesting to see what this team, how this team comes back is what are we going to see out of the receiving core? A.J. Brown had that incredible final couple weeks in the season, but Ryan Tannehill wasn't throwing the ball out in the playoffs, and they just knew that they had the, the hot horse, if you will, in Henry. So how is that going to affect this season where – you know, maybe you get a you maybe you get away with it in this AFC South to get yourself close to a 500 record, maybe nine and seven in another wild card bid. But it I don't know if it, if the miracle run can be recaptured because I think if you're John Harbaugh, you're figuring out a way to keep Lamar Jackson dynamic enough or a way to keep him. You know, to evolve him further, to put it you know, a little more simplistic, to not have the Titans dial in what they had, especially now with the defense that they're returning, to uh, you know be able to to you know not have that upset. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. But yeah, I you know it'll be really interesting to see what they do if they end up trying to go out and get a few other players, uh, or if they try to address things in the draft, but you're absolutely right that their defense, even with adding Vic Beasley, is certainly a shadow of itself currently. Yep. Uh, brings to the NFC South. Now, we've already touched on the Tampa Bay. I don't know. I don't think we need to dive back into that. Topic. Yeah, I don't think um, so. Yeah, I mean, I would yeah, say I mean, the, the, keep addressing the offensive line, just to reiterate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next two on that list, probably the Carolina Panthers. Um Huge changes there, right? Yes. He, New, Cam Newton looks like he's either going to be traded or cut. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater in a huge $63 million contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Allen returns, but it looks like it's going to be Bridgewater's team. Uh, bring in Russell Okun, John Miller, some offensive linemen guys. Kind of over the hill, we'll see. Um, Trey Boston, the safety returns, whether they have moved on from Eric Reed. Um, it's all Teddy Bridgewater. I think it's the entire... Oh, they lose Bradbury, the corner who goes to the Giants. But yep. it's all Bridgewater there to me. Um, if he can rise up the challenge, it's a great offseason. If he can't, you know, they're going to waste Christian McCaffrey's prime. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think they're another team that if you want to try to continue to build, you, you got to Kung, uh, stealing him, you know, getting him from the Chargers. And, and uh, I almost said stealing him, but they traded for him. But yeah, if you want to keep building there, because Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he, not to to say, oh, he had the knee injury four years ago, but it's worth noting that that, that there has been a knee injury. Um, You want to protect it. You want to give Christian McCaffrey as much of a blocking core as possible. I would say that's probably one of their biggest things to address, although I think their defense could use a little bit of tuning up as well. Um, But I, yeah, I'd love to see this team... I'd love to see Teddy have another awesome year and, and prime to do something big. I think it might be tough 
I think you're right about the Falcons and, and what they might be able to do after an embarrassing showing last year and the juggernaut that is the New Orleans Saints and what they're bringing in. They're probably pissed off too after a lackluster performance in last year's playoffs. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to see what Teddy does, but I think that they are, of the teams we've said, are have, have some work to do to complete an incomplete picture. I think the Carolina Hurricanes have a, a little more of a gap to to jump over. Panthers, not the Hurricanes, but I'm with you there all the way. Um, Sorry, I miss hockey too much. I know. Brings us to the Falcons. Um, You'll see a lot of different faces. Austin Hooper, gone. Devontae Freeman, gone. Uh, Trufant, gone on the defensive side. Um, Vic Beasley is out. Um, They really do two big moves. Dante Fowler comes in to replace Vic Beasley in a big three-year deal. That's on the defensive side of the ball. Ton of work still to do there. Offensively, they bring in Hayden Hurst, an underrated trade. Yeah, I love that move. Yeah, from the Ravens. The Ravens drafted Hurst, I believe, in the first, maybe, or second round a couple years ago. Um, but he's was some guys been better in front of him, but he's still got a lot of talent. So they bring him in to kind of replace Hooper. Um, they shouldn't have re- they shouldn't have overpaid for Hooper. So I, I like where they're going. I think it's smart not to. They've cut ties with some guys who were high paid. Um, they definitely need some help, though, at the cornerback and running back position. Although I'd rather them spend the money on the running on the cor- cornerback than a running back because you can you can find them. Um, be a great opportunity. There's a team that would, that Todd Gurley could fit on to me pretty strong. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think I totally agree with you as well that they need to really address their defense. I think that's been a big concern with them even in the years that they were dominant obviously the 28 to 3 uh lead that they blew in the super bowl was because the defense was not performing and they they and the offense was doing what they could you can say stuff about the the shanahan calls of not running the ball and blah 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 but the defense i think has been lacking for a while for them and it really bit them in the ass last year um i think hopefully you see matt ryan and julio jones have bounced back years those the angry revenge like you were saying for them um but yeah i'd love to see what this team does i'd love to see if dan quinn figures out along with dimitrioff their their gm uh if they figure out some undrafted free agents to try to pick up to to fill some spots in for their running back core because i think it's done well for them in the past it's done well for a lot of teams and i think that they are they could really figure out something of giving somebody a tryout and it, it works out really well Yep. Uh, leads us to the big team in the division, team that we, I'm shot was the early exit last year, and that's New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Um, did not lose much. Gained some strong players. Resigned Drew Brees. Keep Taysom Hill. And appears at the moment. Um, they still have Alvin Kamara. The offense still looks good. They still have Michael Thomas. They still have Jared Cook. They bring back a very good defense. Number of good pass rushers. Um, they re-signed Kiko Alonso, a linebacker you have to like. They've kept the Nicholas together, and they bring back former Saint, former Eagle, Malcolm Jenkins, who looks like he'll end his career as a New Orleans Saint. Um, even though he's older, still like what they've done. Uh, still think they're the best team in the division, regardless of what's happened. Yeah, I, I still think... 
they've got to find some wide receivers to go along with Mike. No, I totally agree with you. My Michael Thomas, for those that forget, because it's been so long since this team, seemingly since this team played football, even though it's two and a half months ago, is by far one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. And he does need somebody else out there, whether it's Jared Cook stepping up and being huge. I don't know if they want to necessarily go out and trade for somebody. They got a little bit more cap space to work with to maybe try to sign a sign, maybe a vet, maybe a guy that's, that's looking for some work. Or they just go out in the draft and they try to find a young guy that maybe Michael Thomas and Drew Brees can give some sort of mentorship to. Um, to give an idea of where they're, what they're looking at, the Saints are picking... Uh, they have the 24th pick. They only have five picks total, so they have to be a little more careful with what they're doing. But, you know, I would love to see that. I'd love to see, I don't know, maybe a, I'm trying to think of another position that maybe they, they could add to, maybe get a little deeper on either line, offensively or defensively. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think you're right though that that wide receiver has to be of the biggest concern if you're a Saints fan because it really like like we were talking about with uh, you know with a number of other teams that pe- people keyed into what they were good at and and it bit them in the ass come the postseason. Yeah, yeah. Um, brings us to the last the last coast we're talking about the uh, the AFC East, Miami Dolphins, a team that I thought would kind of let their young players have gone absolutely, in my opinion, crazy. Um, I, I actually, I hate, I hate it, what they've done. Um, I don't understand it for a team that you thought was rebuilding. A lot of guaranteed money yes. thrown out by the Dolphins. A lot of, very, yeah, very confused. Um, yeah. I, I, look, I know Byron Jones is the best guy in the market in the cornerback position, but man, I, to give for you guys biggest deal confuses me for for my you guys as the Dolphins for you guys to bring in Kyle Van success with the Patriots Patriot players rarely travel well outside of New England very rare that a player has good success I love Kyle Van I think he's a very good linebacker four year 51 million 30 million guaranteed Shaq Lawson never really done that much as a pass rusher um Jordan Howard I like him is he really the right fit on a rebuilding team? Eric Flowers has was better last year, but he struggled. Um, man, I I do like Emmanuel Ogba. I think he's underrated coming over from the Chiefs, but I, I will tell you, I am a little confused at their direction. Um, you thought they were going younger when they shot Jones, their excellent safety. They've got tons of picks, so I get they're going to replenish through the draft. Just a little confused with their direction. This would be the way I'd put it. No, I, I totally agree with you there. And I think it, it comes back to even just last year of some of the moves they made. They go out and get Josh Rosen, and they go back and forth with him and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they never really settled on somebody throughout the year. Uh, and a number of other guys they've acquired throughout this whole period while sending off a number of young talented players um laramie tunsil is was on the move again this year um and yeah i i just don't know what to make for that for this team because they're paying a lot of players still i mean kiko alonzo and minka fitzpatrick are still on their cap payroll in dead money and and 
you know, I don't know if you're trying to build your identity through the draft and continue with this we're rebuilding phrase, uh, phase, I should say, not phrase. Um, but yeah, I mean, they give Eric Flowers an ass ton of money over three years. $30 million is what it's worth. 20 of it is guaranteed, which, okay, great. You bring in a vet that can help mentor some young guys, but is that really, you know, is, is the investment going to be worth it in the long run? I get it. You have three first-round picks. You got two second-rounders, all within the top 60 picks. That's great, but you really need to, if you're going to make some sort of huge move, you need to give us some idea, and maybe it's going to be they go with this big name at, at five, or they trade it down and so somebody can draft Tua or whomever at five. I don't know. It, it, you just need to figure it out because a lot of the moves they've been making have been building towards this pick a- accumulation, and you, it doesn't seem like there's a long-term plan. There's no guy they've been sitting on waiting to to make his debut with you know the moves they've made here. So I don't know if this yeah. is, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to think of them. I, yeah, you know. They played themselves out of getting the highest pick in the draft of winning the last couple games, including against the Patriots. So even that's confusing of what what direction they're going in. Yeah, the team that I feel like has done a better job of staying the course would be their division rival, the New York Jets. Very rare that you say a Jets team has had a good offseason. And by a good offseason, I mean they haven't. Personally, I really like that. Um, They signed George Fant to come in and maybe compete. Connor McGovern is a good under underrated signing. Um, they cut Tremaine Johnson, who mm-hmm. they signed to way too big of a deal. Classic Jets mistake. They cut him. They don't move Jamal Adams, which is smart. Um, they haven't re-signed Robbie Anderson. Don't know if they will, but they're just sticking to the plan that they've had. Now is the time to see what's going to happen. With Brady leaving the Patriots, there might be a window, but they're not rushing. I feel like some teams like the Dolphins rushed to get to where they wanted to be. Um, oh, absolutely. They still have a huge, yeah, they still have a huge need of wide receiver. Jerry Judy is sitting there. I think he's been their pick, in my opinion, since that since day one. Mm-hmm. Judy's, I think, is either perfect for that team or the Redskins, which we'll get to. But uh, they haven't done anything. They're letting their cap space kind of kind of be okay. Um, very smart play by the Jets to allow the offseason to come to them and not to overreact and panic sign or say, hey, we got a window because Brady's leaving. Um I've really been impressed with the Jets staying the course so far. No, I totally agree with you. And and kind of to put it into a very interesting lens, they are sitting on $26 million or $36 million, excuse me, in cap space currently. Um, they have a few guys that, that they've, you know, yet to resign. You mentioned Robbie Anderson. Um, there's, you know, they could make some. And, and we'll, We'll talk about some free agents coming up here that might fit the Jets, too. Yeah. So I don't want people... Yeah, we're going to get Did you mention Brian Poole, minutes, their cornerback? So. He's still sitting out there. Um, he'd be no, an interesting they, one. They, they re-signed Poole. Oh, they did they re- re-sign they Poole. Re- Brian Poole, they... No, they, yes, they did. Yeah, he's back. Okay. He's back. Yep. Um, okay, over the cap. Um, so, oh, yeah, it's on NFL.com. Um, my bad. <laughs> but, but, but they, they could go... They could go... I mean, they, they're the 11th pick in the draft. Stuff's going to happen in front of them, but there's plenty of players that I think will come to them that they can snag that's very smart. That's a really um, interesting a tackle, thing. a pass rusher, or a wide receiver. Yeah, that's the really interesting thing about this draft 
is that there are a lot of different angles teams can take, especially towards the top with this almost revolutionary quarterback class, which we hear every five years or so. Uh, but there's a lot of wide receivers that are great. There's a lot of really good offensive linemen and defensive linemen that are coming out. So yeah, yeah. Who, whatever way they decide to go, I think the Jets are in a fine a fine spot to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Who they decide to ultimately go after or re-sign is going to be very interesting. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. The fact that they haven't gone out of their way to really blow up and spend all the money that they've been sitting on is a welcome change for the New York Jets franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Drives us to the team that probably has seen the biggest upswing surprise last year, the Buffalo bill. Um, We've already touched the Stefan Diggs acquisition. It gives them a legitimate number one. If he can stay healthy, which is important number one target for Josh Allen. Yep. Who, he needs to improve his accuracy, but you like that. Devil, Devin Singletary in the backfield. Brown, John Brown's coming back. Um, the defense should remain good. They bring in Mario Addison, who I think is underrated. Vernon Butler comes in. We like that. Quentin Jefferson has some pass rushing ability. They're going to take a flyer on Josh Norman to compete to start across from Tredavious White, which I do also enjoy. And they re-signed Jordan Pryor. They extend him a very good safety. So the Bills made a big splash with Diggs, made some strong signings elsewhere. Um, still have some needs. Defensive line, I think. I mean, offensive line, if you think, can use some adjustment um, and more weapons. But I think they understand this. It all comes down to what Josh Allen can do, seeing their opportunity to win the AFCs for the first time in a very long time. Um, and I like they took a very good calculated risk bringing in Diggs. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think um, they're in a very good spot to make some sort of move. I think what what Josh Allen brings to the table, we talked about it a lot in the regular season. He's mobile. He's able to take some hits. That offensive line definitely needs needs some tuning up. Um, but if they're able to, to figure this thing out and you know build around that, build around the offense that they've very clearly started to build – I'd probably even say starting with Tyrod Taylor um, and then using Josh Allen as a next, you know, next step on, on that. Um, Diggs is really going to help out with it, especially the, the dynamic, you know, quick cuts that he's able to, to make. Um, would love to maybe see another piece around there for Josh Allen to throw to. Uh, maybe, maybe one more running back on top of Devin Singletary, just because he was a little, he had a little mm-hmm. bit of injury issues last year. But yeah, I think you start in, in on both sides on in the trenches on offensive and defensive line and, and go from there, especially where uh a lot of teams yeah. seem to be lacking currently. Yeah. Brings us to the to the king of the king crown. But if you sleep on the Patriots, that's your mistake. Oh yeah. Um the defense yes, the defense was in some pieces. Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noor, Danny Shelton. To me, they'll replace. They bring back Devin McCourty. We already know how good he is. Bo Allen comes back in, the former Eagle, Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He's mm-hmm. very good, very Patriot-like. Some young guys get better. Um, they bring back Matthew Slater, and they re-sign Joe Tooney, their offensive guard. Um, yes, they've lost the big guy. 
it all comes down to their quarterback. They could use a tight end. They haven't really addressed the position, maybe waiting. Um, probably could use a linebacker, but again, something that we know Belichick will tinker with. This is going to be, this team won a division last year, barely any offense that included Tom Brady. Yeah. Who knows what they're going to do? Um, we'll talk about some potential veteran quarterback fits in a minute. But personally, yes, they have to, they lose their guy. Although you've heard some intelligent Patriot fans say, you know what? We love Tom Brady. We obviously didn't want to see him leave from a pure football standpoint. We probably made, we probably saved a lot of $30 million cap hit. And we have the opportunity to either try to find a guy in the draft, go with Jarrett Stidham, who they did draft in the fourth round, or sign a veteran. Uh, we'll talk again, talk about a few guys fit that bill. I think for all intents and purposes, circumstances, they, 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 didn't, they didn't lose outside of Brady. No, I um, totally agree with you. I totally agree with you with that. Yeah. I think if they solidify out. And by the way, ten and six is not out of the question, and a division win is not. They 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 are still good enough defensively to win that division. They still have a good running back core. Yeah, that's so, what I was about to say. Their their defense, I think everybody forgets, was so good last year, and the fact that really they, they <laughs> ran into a literal bowling ball of Derrick Henry. And not making Ryan Tannehill yeah. screw that thing up is really why the Patriots end up losing to, to the Titans. Their defense, though, is incredibly solid. I think if they play anybody else that first wildcard weekend, they end up drawing the Bills. We saw what they did last year. And you mentioned it, Tom Brady. And a lot of a lot of friends, we have a lot of friends who are, who are Patriot fans, mentioned it, that, that it's sad to see him go. Some people are a little harsher with their words of, of the last couple years of Brady than others. Um one of su- such friends that uh, you know, Matt, said that you don't know him as well as Greg, our other Patriot mega fan, but he referred to Tom Brady as a phys ed teacher. Um, so, you know, take that for what you will. Um, but you know what? I think New England fans need to take a look at their leader, aka their leader, their their owner Robert Kraft, and how hey and Bill Belichick. Oh, all professionalism. Professionalism. So you're seeing, you know, it's tough when you're on the top and all of a sudden it looks like you might not be anymore. Maybe you can learn how the rest of us live and have a little humility for your... Um, well, that's the again, thing. I disagree. I, I, I wouldn't have left. I would stay. But, I do. But, I will say this in defense of the Patriots fans. Like, everybody's celebrating Tom Brady leaving and everything. Like, and, you know, there's some Patriots fans who, you know, like, that... that you know, may not have taken it as, as great, but, but the, everybody like being like, Oh, now they, now they get it. Like it's only the people our age who don't get it. All the Patriots fans that right. are like our parents age, like they get what it's like. The Patriots were not good until 2001 when Drew Bledsoe goes down. They went to the Super Bowl what twice before that once against the 85 bears. And I think they, they had one of the Redskins losses, I think. Um, I, I know the Bills were also in there, staying in the AFC East, but um, yeah, they they really like they get it. Like, yeah, they had this incredible run, and and they all are very very grateful for what they got. So if you're thinking they're these spoiled fans and all that because of how all of their sports teams have done, they understand it. The Bruins didn't win a Stanley Cup for a very long time, then they won nine years ago. The Patriots stunk. The curse of the Bambino was a thing for eighty six years. Just the Celtics fans that you got to worry about because they they are a little spoiled. But 
We're not talking about Bats. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, though, the Pats, they still have a solid offensive line. Um, I think they still have a couple guys they need to need to s- settle up with, uh, if I'm looking at this correctly. But you mentioned their wide receiving core, or their, not wide receiving, their running back core, the, the stable, if you will. Uh, very solid. I think that'll that'll get a, get it a very good base for whatever quarterback takes over this team. And I think Belichick can really figure it out with them and get some guys going, whether it's Edelman, whether it's, you know, anybody. Keneal Harry, Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, Sanu's still on the team. Yeah, you're right. I I agree. I agree. They have weapons. Sonny Michelle, Damian Harris, Mm Rex Burkhead, James White. They're players there. Yeah. Um, Last division to touch, our division. We'll get through the other guys. We'll start with the Redskins, second overall pick in the draft. I think they're going to go chase Young, makes a ton of sense. No idea what they're doing quarterback-wise. They're all over the map there. We don't really believe that Ron Rivera likes Dwayne Haskins. Alex yep. Smith's still there. Colt McCoy re-signed. They could keep Smith. They... Um, they're going to lose some guys. They bring back Adrian Peterson. Still scratched my head a little bit on that one, but uh, he has been productive. Um Trent Williams is on the table. I think they should try to get what they can for him. Yep. He's still very good. He'd be smart for a tackle-needy team. We've talked about some tonight. Um, Brandon uh, Schrift, they, they franchise tag him. They're, they're good, but not as good as people think he is offensive guard. Um, J.D. McKissick comes in to, I think, play, replace Chris Thompson as a receiving back. Yeah, he's he, a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah, he's, they, he's an interesting signing. Yeah. They bring Kendall Fuller back. He went to the Chiefs. He's now back. Yep. Good Thomas Davis, a former Panther, comes in. Probably a borderline Hall of Famer. Um, I like Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Linebacker coming from the Bears. One-year deal. Ton of athleticism. They could have something there. Um, But I think Rivera knows this is more than a one-year rebuild, especially if he doesn't have his quarterback. So no matter what he does in the draft, they have they have holes they've got to fill. Jordan Reed leaves, tight end, pass rush, offensive line, quarterback, skill positions. There's really not a lot of – I think maybe their defensive line, if you were going to pick a spot, is probably their strongest. Um, they've got a lot to do to get this franchise back on the right track. Rivera is a guy that can do it. I don't dislike their offseason, but I think they know they need kind of a somewhat of a reset to truly compete at a consistent level in this yeah, that's well said. Uh, there's a lot to do with the Redskins, and we're not just saying that as fans of the Eagles. And I hope I hope they get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but pragmatically, I think Rivera knows there's only much he can do. Right. Yeah, and and you've kind of seen in how Rivera's defensive mind he's built. He's worked very hard in tinkering with this defense, uh, taking some flyers on some guys, and you know maybe seeing something that we're not. Like you're talking about Pierre Lewis. Uh, I think offensively they need to address a lot of things. Quarterback is something that you know is up in the air, but I think there's a lot of other positions that that you know they could look at depending on where they end up, which way they go. Chase Young would be a great pick with the number two overall. They don't pick again until the third round, so I don't know if you want to take a flyer on a young quarterback to maybe try to get into your system and maybe get him, you know floating around there or or how you want to build it i'd maybe continue to try to build from the offensive line maybe see if you can get a 
you know, late round running back or an undrafted free agent running back. See if you can maybe catch catch some fire there of a you know some guy that could you know be, end up being a, a staple on your team's name. Uh, but I like what they're doing defensively. But there's a lot of missing pieces offensively for them to really get themselves out of the yeah. top five in 2021. It's also to me after a year to move on. If you had, if you had, you know, maybe if you felt like, if you feel like Tua's the guy, you know, without the number one overall pick, without saying I can get a Joe Burrow or I can get a Trevor Lawrence kind of situation next year, hard, I think, to give up on first round quarterback that you spent a high pick on after one season with the offense they put out there with him with no wide receivers, off injured running backs, tight end that's been injured forever. I, I think that's that's wrong for them to do that. Um, yeah, totally agree. Kind of moves us yeah, to our second team in this division, the Giants. We know it's the Daniel Jones show now. Um, there are some things they've done offensively. They've got Saquon. They've, you know, they, they've got some other needs, but um, they, they've actually signed a pretty decent amount of players. A lot of guys that I like. Yeah, you bring in Blake Martinez, the, the from the Packers, a big time tackle guy, helps secure the middle. Um, you bring in James Bradbury, a traded, undervalued corner from the Panthers, who, quite frankly, did not get the respect he deserves down there. And throw out a lot, and had some success. I think he's going to do good things for him to kind of help that situation. Leonard Williams, they they keep him, even though I'm not sure he's um, as good as what they gave up to trade for him last year. And uh, Cameron Fleming comes over tackle for them uh, and Nate Ebner from the Patriots to the Giants great special teamer kind of the guy that can reset the culture in that locker room help nurture nurture Daniel Jones's leadership abilities yeah if they feel like that's where they want to go um still have offensive line issues still need pass rushers and still need wide receivers yeah I I think you hit the nail on the head um they need a lot of of weapons to help out Daniel Jones um yeah I you know I like the steps they're taking, and I think just like with the Redskins, it's, it's going to be a slow burn of getting this team up and running before they're going to go. Um, I just really love to see if they could keep making moves on their line and see what we got with uh, got with with Daniel Jones in year two. But you need weapons to throw to him. Um, I don't know if to- Toilio Toilolo. Uh, if he's, he's more of a second or third tight end, yeah. um, more of a blocker, and you know, um, yeah, okay, yeah. So I mean, I guess that's yeah. good. That that helps with, you know, using Saquon as the feature back, the feature weapon, if you will, um, of having a blocking tight end and investing that amount into him of three point five guaranteed. Um, yeah, I, I like the moves they made with some of the front seven. I would love to see pragmatically, I say that, not as an Eagles fan, I would love to see them get back to the front four that, that won them a couple Super Bowls and, and really have that fearful of a front seven. Actually, that that's won them every single Super Bowl the Giants have ever won, dating back into the 90s, um, or the 80s and 90s, I should say. Um, you know, with Lawrence Taylor way back then. But, um, yeah, if they, if they went that route, they have the fourth pick, so we'll see what they end up doing. I don't, th- you know... I- Maybe they yeah, end up trading back, I think. Pick, 
Well, I think an offensive tackle or Jerry Judy would make sense there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if there's an elite enough. If they like like a Derek Brown, and we'll get into this deeper, but yeah. there's a guy they could go with, a pass rusher, uh, Javon Kinlaw. Um, those are some of the names. Maybe Kalop, uh, Kalevon Chase, uh, Chase on LSU, excuse me. Yeah. There's a couple guys, but an offensive tackle would make a lot of sense. Your point, though, trade back, get a couple picks, maybe get another first and a second. Uh, draw some guys that way would be a smart move, I would think. Yeah. Um, leads us into our arch nemesis, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Talk of the offseason. They they do get it done, quote that, with their two big offseason guys they had to re-sign. Dak Prescott gets the exclusive franchise tag. They still cannot work out an extension. You do not do that with your franchise quarterback. You always make that work. So whether it's him or the organization – and I've heard it's over the four, a four-year deal, which he wants, or a five-year mm-hmm. deal, which they want. Um, it, to me, is a huge mistake. Mari Cooper, five-year, $100 million, $60 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Huge contract as well um, to bring him back. I know he's a great player. It's just a lot of money. Cost them Byron Jones and a few other players to do so. Um, I, I do like the Gerald McCoy comes in. It's a horrible. Sean Lee comes back. Don't know if that's worth it. Anthony Brown is a cornerback they bring back. And Blake Jarwin was a smart signing. They made the right decision letting Jason walk. Blake Jarwin's hyper-athletic, kind of guy that can really work it. He signs a three-year deal, minimum value, um, to bring him back. I think it's a short-term positive, long-term negative. They're going to get very top-heavy. $60 million plus will be going to Cooper Prescott and, and Ezekiel Elliott for a team that has other needs to me on the defensive side of the ball now as they've lost a lot of players. Yeah, that's that's definitely the name of the game is is how are they going to assess the defense. I think their offense is very well-rounded. You always heard about you know how good the offensive line is in front of Zeke. That is still the case. They are still going to be very good this year. Zeke is going to have, you know, still be a rushing rushing threat contender for the, the rushing crown and all that good stuff. Um, love what you said about Prescott, kind of looking back to Kirk Cousins and that whole saga with everything. With the Redskins and how they kept tagging him, if that becomes something of concern for Prescott and the Cowboys, that's just not a great way to handle it. Uh, but yeah, defensively, I think they need to address a number of different things. They bring in Gerald McCoy. They lost Robert Quinn. Um, they lost Byron Jones. They lost Jeff, Jeff Heath. It's going to be really interesting to see what, what ends up happening with, with the boys and if they end up getting some other guys on, on the books because, yeah, if they get too top-heavy, they're going to really run into an issue where they're not going to be able to attract a lot of quality free agents unless they want to take you know one year for not a lot of money or whatever it ends up being to try to bolster their stats, and that's just not the greatest way to uh, to approach it. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not um, – they're still a good team, but I'm not a believer in Dak, so paying him any money to me, I'm not. I'm just going to have to be out on um, Yeah. Brings us to the Eagles, division winners. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I'm right. Division. No, they won the division. Maybe. Yeah. Hang on. My bad. My fault. My fault. Yeah. We went to the game. Uh, went to the playoff game. Come into free agency. These wide receivers get traded for early. You see Byron Jones sign his deal. What are we doing? Javon Hargrave is a great signing. 
He comes in, slotted to start next to Fletcher Cox. Malik Jackson can now rotate into the lineup. Brandon Graham spent more time in the outside, but can rotate. He also, to me, is a huge help for Fletcher, who, by the way, I was concerned they might decide to move on. They have not, and I like that. Glad they did. He's a huge help for Fletcher Cox. Yep. Because now Fletch can deal with the pass rushing and let Hargrave run stuff. He's very good at it. I got a text from uh, my brother-in-law, Ben, who's a coach fan, that you got a very good player that no one knows about. Great, underrated Howie move. Um, yeah, brings back Jalen Mills to play safety now. Rodney McLeod to also come back and continue to play safety if he recovers from his injury two years ago, which I think will only be better this year. You do move on from your defensive leader, Malcolm Jenkins. I don't – I will miss him, but I understand it. Yep. Um, and we already talked about Darius Slay coming over. So they address a lot of defensive needs in free agency other than linebacker, although we'll talk about some guys that they should target. Yep. They let Jason Peters go for now. He could come back, although I'm doubtful he will. Um, it does look like Gruiser Hill might be on to Miami. He yeah, I think that was Howard. official. Was that official? Okay. I think that was official. That one I think is, it hurts a little bit. Um, I think we have some – we've never really valued linebackers. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, and the massive hole is at wide receiver still. Yeah, that's so, um, that's a yeah. tough one to swallow because, I mean, Nelson Aguilar is a is a free agent. Whether or not they decided to resign him is, you know, I don't know how that would be received. If either way, probably not great because yeah. there's been a lot of there's no way he can catch coronavirus because he couldn't catch anything in the regular season. There it is. Um, so he's probably gone. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey appears to be a guy we're thinking of cutting. I think that's why we're so limited some of our signings to maybe create, although I personally would like him to, I want to run it back. I think he's too big of a cap hit to eat right now. Yeah, I agree. You have, you might as well bring him on the roster and deal with it then, deal with it now. Um, Deshaun Jackson's a huge question mark. Artega Whiteside, can he show anything for the reason why he was the second pick? Greg Ward does return. Does he have anything? Can he make the roster up? He liked what we saw from him. Um, question marks on the wide receiver core. Yeah, I but, mean, that's the that's the biggest name of the game for him. I would love to see them also probably with the later picks address some offensive line needs. We talked about Vitae going to the Lions. I know uh, he's not the everyday starter, but... You know, it's nice to have depth there, especially with the different injuries and Jason Peters leaving. Um, and Jason Kelsey is older. Yes. Brandon Brooks is older. Yep. You have the need to continue to replenish and good to have. They don't have five guys. They've got six or seven offensive linemen who can play. Yeah, and that, um, that's yeah. been a problem for the Eagles, not just in the last couple of years, but throughout the history of the team. I remember a couple of years in the McNabb era that they, you know, whether it was the center got hurt and they didn't have a backup center or whomever got yeah. banged up and they just which, completely hit a brick wall. Yeah. Which, by the way, if they used the second round pick on an offensive lineman, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. I think it's that important. Um, we'll talk draft. We yeah. know we want them to target a wide receiver. We'll do another one on them as closer. Um, so far, I'm going to give them, a, I, I think, a B minus. And the only reason it's a B minus is because DeAndre Hopkins was available for basically nothing. Yeah. And we said no. Although I prefer the Darius Slay trade because I think there's more in the draft. So from a, a 
in a vacuum, you want Hopkins, and I would have done it without a question. But there's there's way more wide receivers than there are cornerbacks this year for whatever reason. I'd rather see us go there, and we've, we've got our guy in Darius. Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, so that's all 32 teams. Let's look at some of the top targets, both for the Eagles yeah. and otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. Who? Well, let think, me give you, I'll, yeah, who's I'll your... give you my top five. Well, I've it. got a ton on my list. I mean, I think that's all the time. Top five, though, remaining free agent. Number one, Jadavian Clown. Yes. He's asking for $20 million plus. I don't know if he's going to find it. I think smart teams are waiting to see if his price will come down or if they can get him on a prove it deal. Um, for as talented as he is, you don't see the huge sack numbers. You see a little bit of an injury history. And I think there's some murmurs about some off-field stuff, but it's never been confirmed. Just attitude. Yeah. Um, but he's still super talented, hyper talented. Ha um, Clinton Dix. No one's talking. Wow. Very good safety. 27. I didn't even think about him. Yeah, he's going to find a home on a good team. Um, I like what he can do, and I think he's going to get a big eventually. Um, the next three guys are older players who are going to find their – well, two of them are older. One of them will – Jason Peters, I think talent-wise, I saw a step back, but he's still really good. So a team that's in need, a.k.a. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh-oh, um, are going to say, let's give him that one-year deal. If the Eagles didn't have Andre Dillon, but I understand why we're not going there. Number four on my list, Melvin Gordon, a free agent. I don't know how he got so hurt. I understand his holdout, but I don't think he's a bad It's just not, people just don't sign running back. Um, he's going to want big money. He's not going to find it. I think if I'm him, I'm trying to find a multi-year deal with but a lower annual value. If you want to play, if you want money, you try for that, you know, one-year contract. And my fifth guy, a guy that I love, a lot of teams in my opinion, Emmanuel Sanders, who is 33, but I really like Emmanuel Sanders. I feel like a team's going to be smart and sign him. And he's, he, he did enough San Francisco to prove to me he'd be a great fit here. I take him on. So my top five guys remaining as free agents at the moment. I like it. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, it's deep though of who's out there and guys you might want to take a flyer on that are a little older. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you threw Aqib Tlaib out there. He's a free agent. Um, yep. After, after a year with the, with the Dolphins. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of good defensive talent, wide receivers that you can just take some sort of flyer on. Devin Funches is out there. I would be yeah. fine seeing him. I know he had kind of a weird year with the Colts, so you, I don't know how the negotiations go there. Um, but it's going to be really fun yeah. to see how it goes. Jordan Reed might be a guy that you want as your second tight end if you you think he can stay healthy, mm-hmm. and he's had that problem for the last couple years. But when he's on, yeah. he's really good, and he's only 30 now, which yeah. tight ends seem to last for, for a while, longer than a, your standard running back or wide receiver. Right. I'll, I'll give you some other guys who I do think – are, are, are smart. Uh, Dominic and Sue, more of a run stopper. I was about now. to ask you. A guy you might want to bring in if you need. A um, couple corners that I think teams will take flyers on, and I'd still love the Eagles to take a run at Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. This guy was one of the best corners two years ago in football for the Vikings. Some injury stuff. Uh, Jimmy Smith, uh, uh, former Raven, has had a lot of success. 
Ronald Darby, someone's going to take an opportunity. Logan Ryan. Um, some underrated players that smart teams will find a way to get on their team. Derek Wolf. Uh, he is 30, but he's had some good years for um, for the um, uh, for the uh, Denver. Calvin Beecham is a good tackle, aging but but not horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Williams is a running back to keep an eye on. Plays for the Colts. They'll weave. He'll have some good success elsewhere. Love. I talked about Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver from the Chiefs. Ton of speed. Somebody to look out for. Danny Amendola, Josh Gordon. Now with black uh, CBA rules around marijuana, might be a guy to find. How about some running backs that we all know who we will see if they find homes? Carlos Hyde, LaShawn McCoy, Lamar Miller, Chris Thompson. Um, Marshawn Lynch and Frank Gore are all free agents. Todd Gurley, we've talked about. Freeman is a huge name out there. Um, and then Jameis Winston, can he find a place to go? Um, fascinating free agents. I did want to bring up a few potential eagles. So I'm going to bring up four linebackers. I want you to tell me which one you like the best. You okay. Ready? Okay. Hassan Reddick. Former Temple product yep. for the Cardinals. 25. Ton of potential. Hasn't lived up to it. Alec Ogletree, 28-year-old. Had some really good years. Has since, you know, got Dion Buchanan. And then Nigel Brad are four guys who can end up on this roster. Is there one that you would prefer of those four? My heart's saying Bradham, but I, I my head is saying Ogletree. Okay, I agree, actually. I like the Ogletree pick. I yeah. think I went the flyer on Reddick. Um, if you can get any of those guys cheap, I think you bring them in and see what you can do. The other guy, I think we find a way to bring back, if I'm hoping, Vinny Curry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Had def- yeah, definitely some more success with us here. Um, yeah. So those are some of the guys that I have remaining. That I think we've touched on a lot of guys. Um, you know, so we'll kind of see. Um, Eric Ebron, by the way. Might end out. Someone needs somebody who's had success in the past that I consider. Um, yeah, he's out there. Uh, we mentioned Jordan Reed, Delaney Walker. If you really want to take a flyer on a guy, I know he's yep. thirty six, but you know he's had some successful years. Um, Ebron, you mentioned Vance McDonald, resigned with the Steelers. Um, yeah, it's Vernon Davis is still kicking it out there. I mean, it, it there's some depth to this free agency market that I feel like. Because of the bigger names every year that, that end up getting thrown around, especially when there's big quarterbacks out there, this year being a bit of an, an anomaly with how many were out there, uh, it becomes, you know, fun and interesting to see the depth of it. So, Matty D yeah. and the uh, the breadth of knowledge you bring is always uh, appreciated. Yeah. Well, and I'll, we'll leave you with this. One of the guy, Brandon, available apparently – Maybe somebody should take a flyer on a guy who keeps getting traded for first rounders. It's not going to take that fifth or sixth probably gets it done. Um, I will, I will finish with another final question for you because they're the team that lost their, their 20 year veteran. Let's say they want a veteran quarterback. The Patriots can look at Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Alex Smith is the name that's been thrown out there of those three. Is there somebody that you think really fits the bill for the Patriots that they should go take a flyer? Any of those three to you? Do you have a preference? 
I mean, I, I've always really liked Cam Newton, and I would, I'd be okay. really interested in seeing how that relationship would work with Belichick. <laughs> yeah. Um, if Alex Smith is healthy, that. that I feel like he could. Okay. I feel like he could fit that really well. Um, he had yeah, that really good yeah. year before that injury yeah. with with Washington, but that's okay. a huge concern. Yeah, I'm diving. I'm gonna say I'm the opposite of you. I think Andy Dalton. Yeah, I feel like that's the chalk pick, and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to just go. Oh. Yeah. The expected. <laughs> You're fine. No. I like you. I I think Andy Dalton would make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, on that team, I thought Nick Foles would be an option. Obviously, they're not going that way. But um, also, it would be full circle if if um, Ryan Fitzpatrick gets over there, seeing as he's played for the other three teams in the division. So you never know. Maybe maybe if he is he a free agent? I don't know if he's a free agent. I think he's still signed in in, in uh, Miami. But I'd love to. See yeah, I thought him. he was still on their um, still on their roster. But yeah, that'd be incredible. Yeah, I think he plays is. for all four teams. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's so, like there's always like everybody's throw how many people have thrown touchdowns against all 32 teams. I'm trying to think if there's like a division collection yeah. or something like that because that'd be. Fascinating. There probably is a ton of like linemen that have done that or something like that. Um, but that'd be fascinating <laughs> to try to look up. Yeah, I completely agree. But we've well, we've run all the way through the. Um, that was expansive. Oh yeah, like the it. Megapod lived up to its name as it always does when it's you and me talking football. But like you mentioned, we're gonna get something for the draft, presu- assuming it does not get delayed. Um, and we'll probably figure out some things in between. We have a couple ideas kicking around. Uh, you and I talked a little bit about it offline. I've talked to a few other people out there. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen card on, uh, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff. Twitter, Thunder BLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. Join the Facebook group. Be a part of the conversation where Sean and Ben submitted their questions tonight. And you can submit questions. You can you can post links that we'll probably talk about on the show. If baseball ever does come back, stadium snacks, all that good stuff, you can throw it on there. But at this point, I think that's it, man. I think it is. I think we've... we've uh, stay safe, everybody, and uh, yes. keep enjoying the NFL offseason. It's all we got, but let me tell you something. It's up to every, every billing and height it could find, so... Yeah. Absolutely. Unless Ice Cube ends up doing his reality three-on-three tournament. I don't know if you saw that, Matt. There you go. I yeah. did. That would be fun. That would be fun. Once it's safe, I'm in. Yes, yeah. Safety is the is the key. Social distancing, six feet apart. As few people as possible. But Matty D, love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Everybody have a great, safe weekend. And go Birds!